You came in here with a mask on. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. I'm just following the state guidelines of where I live. And how'd you like the Mike Richards era hosting Jeopardy? <laughs> how'd that go for you? <laughs> I swear to you, one of my friends predicted it when he got the job. Because I, I, there's, a, there's a sinister layer of Mitch Levy. I think I told you this before when they were going through all of the celebrity, yeah. this and that and the other thing. There's just, there's, there's a... There's a promotional thing going on. I almost want to believe oh. that this whole thing is a setup just to get Jeopardy in the headlines a little bit longer. That they knew that this guy was never going to be the host, but they figured they could really ramp up the the excitement by getting this in, this guy in, taking him out, and getting somebody new in. Well, that would be very involved if that's the case, <laughs> because he's accused of like anti-Semitic comments. Oh, anti-Semitic! I thought it was anti-women. Well, I think he did that, too. I think he's got a checklist. Oh, I thought it was derogatory comments towards women on his old podcast. Well, that... I have not heard the anti-Semitic thing. Yeah, there's an anti-Semitic angle. Really? So if if they knew he had that out there... And and the guy's real last name's Cohen. (laughs) Yeah, is that right? (laughs) I I mean, if... if Really? I don't know anything about anti-Semitic comments. They're really lopping it on thick I was going to say, if they knew that was out there, they hired him anyway just to shit on him. Is it possible this whole thing is a ploy just to get Jeopardy in the head? Is it possible that Alex isn't even dead? That's very possible at this point. (laughs) What if he just showed up? It's like, it's all a (laughs) joke. This whole thing is just a joke. Greatest soap opera of all time. It would be awesome. Yeah, I, but I've, I've told you, anytime like an athlete does really well in a big, like when Trevor Lawrence was doing his thing, yeah. first thing I thought of was, I hope he has no tweets from when he's like 15, because people yeah, love to go back and just... Could you imagine if they went back to the T-Man show? Yeah, God. If I'm our glad. listeners went back to the Thank T-Man show? Thank you for bringing show? that up, yes. <laughs> or the Mitch in the Morning uh, Bigger Dan show? Oh, spankings. Oh, and I know. I, I'm glad that God. most of that just went into the ether and we'd have no record of it. There's some on YouTube, well, no, no, but... No, no, There's plenty of record. Oh God! The stuff people's we did. memory is 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 good enough a record. Well, not in court. It's not. <laughs> All right. Before we start the tease, so this is the tease to the tease. We haven't even started the tease. Oh, yet. geez. Okay. Before we start the tease, because yeah. I haven't even said, you know, episode one fifty five. Hot shot Scott's here, right? Yes. I haven't done that yet. That's what I do to start the tease. So we haven't even started the tease. So we're warming up before the warm up. I thought I'd give you a little stump the band trivia. Oh, I like it. Do you like stump the band? I don't know. I, I definitely have some blind spots, so I don't know. I like it and I don't like some? it. Some? <laughs> For the last 20 years, maybe? <laughs> you may or may not know that over the weekend, Hot Shot Scott, in the world of Major League Baseball, Miguel Cabrera did something very special. Do you okay. know what he did? No. Well, that's, a, that's not a good start. Okay, that's sure a, is. That's not the trivia. If you broke a record from a guy in like the early 90s, I could maybe get very, a Very, very, very rarely anymore do we see a guy hit 500 career home runs. It's, oh. the, it's the infamous club, not infamous, famous club. Yeah. The 500 home run club. Okay. Miggy Cabrera on Sunday. Wow, big. Hit his five. Miguel Cabrera, the Detroit Tigers, hit his 500th home run. Okay, okay that's not my trivia question. All right, good. I was stunned to find out that of the, I think there's 28 guys, okay. including your friend, Ken Griffey Jr. Makes sense. That have hit 500 home runs. I was interested to note that he's got the sixth highest batting average amongst those that have five. Now think about that for a second. I know I'm getting into the weeds. I yeah. know this is this is not T-Man stuff. No, 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 no. 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 Th- this would be T-Man stuff. Th- th- <laughs> I did that for four hours this a day more, for 10 years. This, this may not even be Mitch stuff. This is more like uh, like Gastino stuff. Oh, yeah, serious right? sports yeah, serious talk. Serious sports yeah, yeah. talk. So think about that. 
28 guys, the greatest of the greatest yep. at 500 home runs. Only five guys who hit 500 home runs, power hitters, also had a better batting average than Miguel. Miguel Cabrera's got a career batting average of 311 with his 500 wow. home runs. Okay, Only five guys have a better batting average than have hit 500 home runs. I'm going to give you four of them. Okay. And then tell you the one that I'm not giving you, and this is the trivia question, played in our lifetime. I mean, just is very, should be very fresh in your mind. It's okay. played recently. So, so uh, he has a 311. Sorry, there's four others. He's fifth all time. Okay. Ted Williams okay. hit 500 home runs with a 344 career batting average. That's pretty good. The Babe, Babe Ruth, yep. hit over 500 home runs, over 700 home runs. With a 342 career batting average. Okay. Okay. Jimmy Fox hit over 500 home runs with a 325 batting average. All right. So that's that's three. Have we gotten to the 40s yet? Or are we still? Jimmy Fox was what, 60s, 70s? I mean, <laughs> no. <laughs> earlier than that. Yes. Okay. Wait, tell me when we get to some sort of. Okay. So so there's one guy left with 312. Okay. There's one guy left in the 500 home run club who's got a better batting average than Miguel Cabrera, and. It's one point better, 312 career okay. batting average. And you remember him like yesterday. I mean, it, okay. I mean, he just he played in the most recent of times. The reason I ask you this trivia question is because I got nothing else to start with. Oh, okay. But it's just like, really? So you don't think of him as a guy with a decent well, you average? Think of him, well, you think of him as a good – I don't even know that you think of him as a Hall of Famer. He's clearly a Hall of Famer. Now, he was a ster- – he might have been a steroid oh, guy. okay. So he may never make the Hall of Fame. But you don't – Think of him as 312 and 500-plus home runs. Do you have any idea who that might be? The fact that you said he might be a steroid guy takes my— No, no, my... no. I think he is. I think, well, he was, okay. I think he was suspended for performance-enhancing drugs. So, I don't know. You have to go back and check. I always go Barry Bonds with this kind of stuff. It's not Barry Bonds. Okay. He did not have that, that high of a career batting average. Rafael Palmero. It is not Rafael Palmero. Is he even in the 500 club? Yes, I do believe he is. Okay. Three— 12 career batting average. So incredible power yeah. and incredible at the plate. Just an all around stud at the plate. Mark McGuire. Mark McGuire. Definitely not 312. Really? Oh, no. No. I don't think Mark McGuire ever hit 300 in his career in any one season, let alone had a career average of 312. Alex Rodriguez. Alex Rodriguez. Good guess. No. <laughs> I got excited for a second. Huh. Manny being Manny. Manny Ramirez? Manny Ramirez wow. is the answer to the question. Manny Ramirez had over 500 home runs and had a career 312 batting average. Well, maybe. And he's in the same conversation as Babe Ruth, Ted Williams, <laughs> and Jimmy Fox. Then I mean, comes Manny Ramirez. He's a Hall of Famer, though, right? I mean. Ooh, I don't. I think he's a. I, I got to go back. Was he, if he was suspended, he's not a Hall of Famer. Oh, yeah. None of those guys have gotten I don't know yet. that he was officially. I don't know. You got to go back. He was on Cleveland at back. first, right? Came up with Cleveland. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He was on that Cleveland team with uh, Kenny Lofton and those guys. Oh, yeah, good lineup. Carlos Baerga. Carlos Baerga, the second Baerga. baseman. Yes. Was he the second baseman? He sure yeah, was. I think he was. See, I know baseball. Well, you didn't know Manny. I sure didn't. All right, too. I think we should start the tease now. <laughs> okay, good. All right. Episode 155, Hot Shot. Scott, how you doing? Are you oozing with East Lake excitement for East Lake Little League Baseball? Well, yes. <laughs> Are you really? Do you watch it or no? Yes, I am. I am too. I am because I went, you and I both went. And saw games in the in the didn't we or did you not go? I don't know what you're saying. Saw games where in the region nine. 
District 9. The District 9 Little yeah. League. I, oh, I, I yes. saw this team play. I didn't see this team play. I went to see two other teams play. Well, one other team play, but they were playing on the other field, so I moseyed over. Wow, that's cool. And I was told, oh, you got to see this team. There's one kid here, and this they got two or three huge kids. And yeah. I saw one kid at a home run while I was there. And oh, they wow. beat some team in the semifinals just in Mercer Island right here. Yeah, yeah. And now I turn around, and they're playing in the Little League World Series. Crazy. Yeah, yeah they're in an elimination game, and they threw a no-hitter. The kid just threw a no-hitter. The kid threw a no-hitter. And had the only RBI. Eli Jones is his name. Oh, is that he's, right? <laughs> he's the Mitch Unfiltered Athlete of the Week. Good. He had the RBI in a one nothing game, and he threw a no-hitter. Crazy. Right? East Lake Little League. Yep. And they beat who? East Lake, uh, oh, they beat Florida. They beat That's Florida. right. Florida against Washington. Coached by who? Certainly you know Russell this. Wilson's agent. Russell Wilson's yes. agent, who was the first to hug Eli Jones after the no-hitter. You saw him come over from the third baseman's coach as they celebrated. The first guy to get to Eli Jones was actually Mark Rogers, Russell Wilson's oh, agent, to congratulate him, which is nice. nice. The, 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 the not-so-nice thing is that nobody likes Mark Rogers. Oh, I really? Mean, if you read Twitter, anybody who covers the, everybody who covers the Seahawks <laughs> yeah. hates Mark Rogers. I didn't know that. Yeah, apparently. I don't know what happened, but something's happened. Classic, unlikable yeah. Florida apparently guy. Apparently, John Clayton. <laughs> Apparently, John Clayton doesn't like Mark oh. Rogers, and uh, Jim Moore doesn't like Mark Rogers. Jim Moore sent out a tweet saying, "I'm rooting for the East Lake Little League team very much today yeah. for two reasons: a, they they are from the state of Washington, and b, I hate Mark Rogers. Really? Yeah, he's that. Apparently, unliked? he's an evil, evil man. Oh, I didn't know. And that. he manipulates the media and." You know, on behalf of his client, Russell. I, huh. I, I've never had any dealings with Mark Rogers, so I don't know. I saw Russell sent, like, an inspirational message, and then I saw the message was for the Florida team. I was like, wait, does he know that Eastlake from his home did area? Did he send? Did, <laughs> I was wondering who he was rooting for. All the, well, I don't know if he's rooting. All the Florida players are watching a message from Russell Wilson. I assumed it was the Eastlake team. Meanwhile, I'm sure half the Eastlake team, that's his, their favorite athlete, right? <laughs> and here he is. Yeah. There's a conflict of interest there sure somewhere is. There. I thought that was kind of weird. No wonder but. he wasn't able to play in the exhibition game. He was all for shimmel. That's right, yes. He was all torn. Another reason not to like that guy. All right, episode 155. Let's see here. Real quick, um, yes. one of my daughter's teammates yeah. on her basketball team played Little League Baseball for Eastlake like her whole life. She plays baseball instead of softball. Oh, really? She played catcher, and she was a pitcher, and she was pretty good. Same age? Yes. Decided really? to quit this year. Quit baseball this year. Would she have been on this team? I think was she, she good enough to be on yeah, the she Little was League? An all, she was all-star. And by the way, the head coach of that team was her Little League team. she cleaned up? And so, did she play softball too? I, I, she quit baseball, softball altogether oh, yeah. to focus oh, on we, basketball. Oh. Yeah. Wow. That's I know. She's kicking herself right now. She would have been on this team. And by the way, the game that they lost, the other team starting catcher was female. If you saw that, no, I didn't she was know a that. girl. No, and they she just, was a girl. Yeah. Okay. They they just were consumed with her on the broadcast. No, I, they played Texas, and they were down. One, are you talking about the game yeah. they lost? The game they lost. Yeah, I think, they yeah. played Texas, and they were down one nothing going to the last inning, yeah. the top of the last inning, and they gave up like five or six runs, and that was it. Yeah, I saw that one one hit after the next. So they would have had uh, girl yeah. against girl would have been Listen like us the story literally. of the game. We're kicking off. <laughs> what, what are we going to talk about? The Mariners baby. against well, the Astros? Oh I'll do this all day over that. Slap me in the kisser. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Slap me in the... Okay, I, I got to say yes, that you yes. should subscribe and share a rating and review. Please subscribe. Those of you that have Apple iPhones, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Yep. Write us a review. Give us a five-star and do do the right thing. Um, become a Mitch Unfiltered patron at MitchUnfiltered.com for $5 a month. We announced... I, don't, I think you saw this on Twitter. We announced during the week that we have a new expanded lineup, a yep. new expanded set of programming during football season exclusively for our patrons at $5 a month. We're, we're changing... 
the style of Mitch Unfiltered for the football season to see how it goes. So let me see if I could do this fairly quickly. What patrons know, and maybe even non-patrons know, non-patrons know they get the the big month. The big Monday show is always going to continue. Yeah. Okay. The patrons know that typically we do another huge, like two-hour, three-hour show that releases on Thursday. Yep. It's called the P Show. All right. We're gonna take that show and we're gonna revamp it because I've got all these other guests and co-hosts that are gonna be on during. During football season, I'm losing you. No, 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 you're yeah, not. Yeah, I'm just, you're, I'm, you're I'm looking for something. Though. What are you no, looking for? I'm totally listening. What, 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 I know. What do you what think I'm looking for? What do I, what do I always? You're, oh, the yeah, tobacco. Yeah. I, I, what do you call that? Well, they're nicotine lozenges. But nicotine lozenges. You don't have to worry about losing me. You're talking to the listeners. I so think I'm, lo- I think I'm losing you. I, I actually commented on your tweet about the new lineup. I'm excited. It's okay. good. Okay, but we're changing it so, so we're gonna add shows. And during football season, we're literally going to release six additional. Short shows. Yep. When I say short, I don't mean three minutes short, but like they'll be like a half hour, right? Like like a sitcom, okay? <laughs> right. That aren't that aren't very funny. And those are actually twenty two minutes without commercials. That's right. You know, well, so these are yeah, these are going to be better. Yeah, so there's going to be like six shows. So we're going to have the peace show, but the peace show on Thursday will just be you and me, no interviews, just you and me blabbing until we're we're done blabbing. Okay. Until you look at me and say. I, I got to go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, That'll be the peace show. Okay. But then we'll have like the no table with Fan and Henderson once a week. Me and right. the guys talking Seahawks, no table. We're going to have Slickhawk has joined. I think everybody knows that by now, and he's going to be on this show. Yep. Matt Slickhawk Miklas, who was my producer engineer for a lot of years at KJR before it all ended, and now it's ended for him there. So we are together again. He's going to do a show with me, a weekly show where we're just going to blab. We're going to have former GM of the year, NFL GM of them, Randy Mueller's agreed to do a weekly right. show. He and I are going to blab about the NFL, lock and four of Peter King, um, Mr. P, Mr. Playoffs, Mr. Postseason, tail the tail. So what we're going to do is we're going to try this year to give the patrons at $5 a month or $55 for the 12 months, mm-hmm. get buy 11, get one free, Yep. like five or six little short-form shows every week to choose from. That's if great. you want to listen to the note table, listen to the note table. You want to listen to Slickhawk and me just blab or sing? Listen to want to listen to you and me on the P show? You choose you have you're going to have five or six shows every week to choose from. Oh, Mr. Kenny Z, the fantasy football thing, that's, that's right. coming back right. So there's going to be a bunch. Love it. We're just going to throw stuff throw stuff at the patrons and allow them to decide what they want to listen. Did you say you got it? Talk or sing? Yeah, because we we used to we had a we had a tradition. Not that we would be singing this week because it's after Mariners wins. Okay, uh, that uh, people liked it. Slickhawk and I would come on the morning show, and if the Seahawks, if the Mariners won the night night before, we'd sing. And it's no name That's never. Right. Gotcha. I think I had you sing it. Yeah, one yeah, time. yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, so maybe we'll sing. Quick update on the music. Podcast for the patrons. I don't and know that's if anyone coming, wants one. Yes, we do. We want one. Well, yes, I'm uh, we're waiting. I'm, I have 45 minutes of content already edited. You said that we need to do two shows on it, like a part well, one and a part two. I'm, that's why I'm, I'm telling you this. There's 45 minutes done. Yeah. And I haven't even gotten to their biggest album yet. To the lead. So I. I are you know. gonna are you gonna do like part one and then part two is like a month later? Or are you gonna do a part one and part two that's released at the same time or a week in between? How are you gonna do that's it? That's why I'm bringing it up. I don't know what. Should I just do one big one or just? I don't know because you told me a while ago that I'm not really gonna be interested in this next one, didn't you? Or I did I arrive at that conclusion because it's not my cup of tea. By the way, Barry Manilow, yes. is in the news. Did you see Barry Manilow's in the he news? He liked my cover of Mandy. He did. Okay. He very but, much. What else? I did. He was on, there was a big New York City's back, New York City's back concert. Do you know about this? No. 
Like 70,000 people were there yesterday. Oh, uh, wow. I should say Saturday. Okay. It's like seven in, 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 in um, Central Park. Central Park. Okay. They had all these acts that you would like. Not, be, But he was in the <laughs> middle of singing when the hurricane came and they, they just shut it down. Oh. He was in the singing. He was singing, can't smile oh, without geez. you. And everybody's like, go, get to the exit. They turned the mics oh. off on him and everything. Oh, they turned. Geez. He was mid-song. They turned the mics off yeah. and a guy comes over the desk. He's singing. He doesn't even know. He's singing. And the guy's on the announcer going, everybody, please, in an orderly fashion, please, oh. because it starts to rain and yeah. it's a storm, right? The, the hurricane, Henri, I yeah, guess yeah. it's Henri. Um, and he's still singing. It was so difficult. It's so funny. And then Anderson Cooper mm-hmm. calls him on the, like, CNN breaks in, you know, hurricane breaks up, 60,000 people, whatever. Yeah. Barry Manilow is in the middle of singing. <laughs> so Manilow calls into the Cooper on his cell phone. He oh, says, wow. I want to finish the song. And he starts singing. <laughs> Come you on, know. he did? I made it through oh. the rain. Oh, oh perfect. And, 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 and Anderson Cooper's, like, swaying <laughs> back and forth. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> Sorry, great. I interrupted. So we're going to have two. You want to tell everybody who it is or no? It's David Lee Roth from uh, Van Halen. Holy shit. You would know that name, right? Of course. Okay. Sammy Hagar. Dan, Danny Lee. Uh, you know, yes, did, Sammy Hagar was second. Did he replace him? Yes, he did. Yeah, when when Danny... Uh, when uh, David Lee Roth. David Lee Roth. Yes. yes. Danny, yes. as yeah, he's known. Da- David Lee Roth. I can picture David Lee Roth. He's yeah. still alive today, isn't he? Oh, yeah. He's alive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the thing. It's like, you probably don't love the music, but you you totally know who he is. Oh, I, of course. I mean, talk about an impact. Of course. Of course. Their first album was in 78. His last with them was 84. It's only like six or seven so years. So it's David Lee Roth and Van Halen, right? He was in Van Halen. Eddie Van Halen was the guitar player. Correct. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm showing off this right now. This is great, yes. I know more than just I made it through the rain. Yes. Weekend in New England. Um, it was David Lee Roth. Mm-hmm. I thought he was in Van Halen. And then he went on to a solo career. David Lee Roth was, the was other in Van Halen, yes. He was and the then, first lead singer. And then he went off, I'm just a gigolo. Oh, yes. And everywhere I go. The bane of my existence, yes. Oh, really? Well, he left the biggest rock band. He's the lead singer of the biggest <laughs> rock band in the world to go sing every Beach Boy song. <laughs> Everybody did that, though. <laughs> you went to go sing Leo, Louis Prima song. You just went through Why? Lionel Richie, did you not? He went on to sing pop hits. Yes. Why, why, not covers worked, of the Beach Boys. He, wor- he worked out. It worked out for him. It didn't work out for David Lee. It, going back, it wasn't as horrible as I thought it was. I yeah. just, why would you go from being in the biggest rock band to singing Louis Prima covers? I'll tell you a very oh. odd and true story, a very strange story that <laughs> okay. was. I, I think it was. It'll be funny to you, but it was hysterical to us. One, I, when my brother was was the middle of the three brothers. When my brother was looking for New York apartments, for okay. some reason we the family was up with him going from apartment to apartment in New York. Yeah. After his first job, you can you can understand the the shitty apartments we were of looking course, at, yeah. right, in New York, to try to get his first apartment. And we went into and we ran into a a guy showing us apartment. He's like the, he was like the. Um, um, what would the you call realtor? Or? Not that it, it was Schneider on uh, on. Uh, oh, was, uh, yeah, like the landlord or no? He's not the landlord. He wasn't the landlord. The guy who fixes everything. Oh, he's yeah. A, what's guy, he? What's, what do you call him? The maintenance person. The maintenance. Yeah, no. There's a name for that. Okay, guy. I don't know. Schneider on. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yes, timely. I got you. You got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's in the elevator with us, and he was like, he 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 claimed to be. David Lee Roth's cousin. Okay. And we go, what's your name? He goes, Manny Lee Roth. Well, it's funny because he has. I thought that Lee was like a, a middle name. It is. So what's he's wrong. Wrong. He's making it up. Manny. I'm David Lee Roth's brother, Manny Lee Roth. But I'll have you know that David has an uncle named Manny Roth who owned Cafe Wa in Greenwich Village. Okay, that's not the same guy. That's not the guy that was. No, no, it's not the same guy, but maybe he. In the, in the t shirt. Could, could it be Manny's son? 
But the, the whole Lee part is throwing me off. <laughs> the uh, Lee, that was what was funny. Like, okay, dude, his name's not Lee Roth. Unless, his name is Roth. <laughs> well, for years, the owner of Gazari's on Sunset Strip, Bill, thought his name was Van Halen, like Van Morrison. Yeah. So he used to just call David Van. <laughs> he had no idea what his name was. But, but maybe David's dad... And this guy's dad, he Manny. He called both, himself Manny Lee Roth. Maybe, maybe both the dads thought Lee was a great middle name. Maybe it's, uh, I don't know, who knows. But he does have an uncle named Manny Roth, I'll have you know. So, you know. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Two parts? One part, one <sighs> big show? Two parts? A month apart? How are you going to do it? I don't know. I'd like some feedback from the listeners. I mean, I had a You're guy. You're not going to get any feedback from the listeners because this is a patron exclusive. What if, what if I drop a two-hour episode? Are people just going to go forget it? I don't know. I had a guy tweet me and say he saved every single one I've done because he had to go work in Alaska and he burned through all of them. So I don't need, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do. If it, it's going to be over. Well, what's the difference? I mean, if there, if it's two hours and it's one show, people, if they get tired of it, will turn it off. Okay. And if it's two shows, I don't know. I don't, I don't really see a huge difference. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't want people to go, ah, oh, two hours. I'm never going to get to that and forget it. I don't know. All right, we'll figure know. it out when we okay. get there. We'll see how much. We'll how, see how long. How, it is. how far along are you? Almost done. Right, I said I got forty-five minutes of content, I know, and I haven't yeah, gotten right. to the album nineteen eighty-four yet, their yeah. biggest album. So yeah. I'm getting a little nervous. Yeah. And Eddie Van Halen, just to bring it full circle. Yes. Because I was talking about Schneider. Yes. Eddie Van Halen was married to Valerie Bertinelli, who was the. That's right. The yes. daughter in the same. Was, show. Yep. That's right. There you go. Can you name <laughs> any other of the, the the big four Van Halen members? You got Eddie. You got David Lee Roth. Were there four? Gene Simmons. <laughs> yeah. Ace Freely. Gene Simmons factors into this somehow. See, I don't know. Paul Stanley? Gene Simmons tried to get David Lee Roth away. He, he, D- Gene Simmons tried to pull Alex Van Halen, the drummer I gave you one, yeah. and his brother Eddie away from Van Halen. Yeah, I can to, picture Eddie. To either put him Eddie's in, dead, right? Yes. To either put him in Kiss or start a new band. Gene loved Eddie and Alex, so he does factor into this podcast coincidentally. Alex Van Halen was this the drummer. My, this is not my lead. I know. I'm more on Miguel Cabrera trivia. <laughs> the bass player was Michael Anthony. There you go. Dear Mitch, I listened to your radio show from day one. I remember how proud James Brown sounded for the start of your career in that first episode. I also remember how sad I was when I heard about what happened to you. I prayed for your family at the time and hadn't really listened to your podcast. Today... I decided to see what you were up to, and by providence, listen to the replay of episode one. We we re re released episode one. I actually listened to some week. of it. Yes, did you? Because you had not listened to it the first time. I did, but did I didn't make it, it very far. Right. It was exactly this writer says, and I got a lot of these, and it's very nice. I it, it was exactly what I needed to hear. I wanted you to know that I've recently made bad choices that cost me my 21 year career. Uh. I have begun to struggle with depression and finding value in my life. Your words on this episode spoke exactly to what I've been trying to find the correct way to say. I have sent the podcast to my wife as a way to begin explaining the slow process that I'm walking. Thank you for making yourself vulnerable with doing this and know that it does make a difference without preaching and with full responsibility for your choices. Dear Mitch, in listening to episode one, the second time around today, I was moved to reach out as someone who has also experienced darkness in their life for a very long time. Please know that I'm one person that benefited from your story as presented in episode one and in smaller ways in all your episodes since. Thank you for Ep One and for your continued advocacy surrounding issues of mental health on the podcast. I honestly listen as much for the non-sports content as for the sports content. This medium was made for you and your varied listeners or interests. Continue to do what you do. I'll keep listening and support, supporting as long as you do and will harbor no ill feelings when you decide to step away from the microphone forever. What? 
Is that happening sometime I soon? I don't know. I got very deep. <laughs> yeah. Very deep. I like this one. Hi, uh, I was wondering if I could write an article for you, the emailer writes. Okay. The topic I'm thinking about is handling late customer payments. More specifically, how to handle late payments without damaging customer relationships. If I write up an article on this topic, about 500 words free of charge, will you post it on your site? I'll be sure to link back to your site within the piece itself. Please let me know your thoughts when time allows. Eleanor. What? I, I, I don't. <laughs> is that a joke? Is it an I, I ad? Is I it spam? I don't know. I have no. I, I'm assuming it's spam. Okay. I, I don't know. I just got this a email. piece on late I customer payments. Yes, she okay. wants to. She thinks it would fit beautifully on my website. Okay, on the Mitch Unfiltered website. Sounds good. Okay, uh, dear Mitch, th- 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 this is a this is a three a three email series. Okay. Dear Mitch, I've been a huge fan of yours since the midday show on KJR. I'm a patron and I, I've listened to every episode of the podcast. I love your show. I've been holding back writing this oh, email for months. This has shit on But I can hold back oh, no longer. Scott's stupid ass oh, bit at God. the end of the show has got to end. The got to end is in caps. Uh, you made it painfully clear to him before his little sabbatical. Did you take a little sabbatical? I think I did, yeah. He took a while ago that it's time for it to end, and the guy cannot take a hint. <laughs> That's true. The stories are stupid. <laughs> the jokes have never made me laugh once. Oh, boy. Your forced laughter is uncomfortable, Mitch. And now upon listening to episode 151, I've been forced to stop listening to the stupid fucking, sorry, effing bit. <laughs> Because it's so disgusting for the second time. Oof. The first time was the dumb urethra story. Well, that one really got people. I was for some out reason. at the words exposed flesh. Mitch, you are so talented and great at what you do, and Scott is a good co-host. Okay. Can you please ask him to stop? <laughs> How much more in Patreon money do I have to pay to get him to stop? Well, now we're talking. It's stupid, not funny, uncomfortable <laughs> for everyone involved, not to mention they are extremely effing gross sometimes. Come on, Mitch, do it for us. End the hacky Scott bit at the end of the show. Thanks for listening to my plea, Jeff and Furcrest. Well, there's one more to go? Well, I wrote back. I want, to, I want you to hear okay. what I wrote back. Dear Jeff, <laughs> what did you say? In a time. What was it? In a world. In a world. Uh, we'll take your email into consideration. This is me. But why not just stop listening when he starts the story? Yeah. I end the show right after that without ever saying anything else. Not going to miss anything. So you wouldn't miss anything. Yeah. And when I brought it up the last time, I received many emails, by the way, from people who like it. If we stop doing it, it's not like we'd be replacing it with something else. I just don't get people who gripe with small elements of a podcast when they have the power to stop and fast forward, unlike radio. Makes no sense. Okay. Love, Mitch. (laughs) Love, Mitch. All right. (laughs) He wrote back. Oh, boy. Dear Mitch. I'm leaving. You're right. I guess I just needed to vent about it. I don't know why it bothers me so much. <laughs> if it makes him happy, whatever. I don't know that it makes me happy. Sorry to go all Richard Gould on you. <laughs> Jeff and Furcrest. To be clear, it doesn't make me happy. In fact, I would prefer not to labor over it on Sunday mornings. <laughs> I'd prefer to not do it. So let's put a poll up or something. It doesn't make me happy. I just sort of like doing it, you know? It kind of feels like it makes you happy. It would make me happier. Well, I, I, I go through life not wanting to do anything ever. <laughs> so that, that it, uh, would... Essentially, uh, make me happy if I did nothing. I think we should start the show. We still haven't started. Oh, it's the a show. tease. Yeah, that's right. But now, am I going to do the one I wrote I or no? Know. Yeah, I, I don't know. All right. I say yeah, and people who don't like it don't listen to it's it. It's one thing that he doesn't want me to do it, but the worst part is that I'm not funny. 
I ain't got nothing to fall back on here. <laughs> I mean, that's even worse that I'm not funny. Holy crap. All right. Guests on this episode 155, Slick Hawk is back. We're, we're reunited and it feels so good. I'm Love not it. sure who's Peaches and who's Herb gotcha. in this thing, but Slick Hawk, Matt Miklas, will be making his Mitch Unfiltered uh, debut on this show, and now he'll be a regular cast uh, member. Uh, Cody Webster. Nice. You episode, got him. So what? 1982 Little League World Series. Oh. You see a lot of people like you and I, we remember Cody Webster. Yep. We know the Cody Webster story. A lot of people in our audience, probably most people in our audience have no idea who we're talking about. Yeah. 1982 Kirkland national team. No one from America could beat Taiwan in like 15 years. Yeah. Taiwan won it every single year. It got to the point where nobody even went to the game because Taiwan would always beat the, the United States team. And then... Voila, 1982 t- came, and this big kid, 5'7 and a half, 174-pound, 12-year-old, led Kirkland National. Kirkland National became the toast. He was the biggest here. He and probably Monet Davis, the woman pitcher, the girl pitcher, oh, the yeah, female yeah. pitcher, yeah, yeah. Um, probably the two biggest celebrities, folk heroes yeah. in Little League World Series he, history. He may have the longest home run in the... 285 feet. Is that official? Like, yeah. Well, it was at the time. Yeah, maybe it was at the cha- in the championship game, the by championship the way. Game. Yeah. And, he, and he pitched he a pitched. complete game. Yeah. yeah. Complete uh, beast. And then he was terribly mistreated in the years following yeah. by fans and colleagues and coaches. Other players. And other players. Yeah. And he didn't ever want to talk about it. It became a really bad memory. Now he's 51 years old, mm-hmm. living a quiet life here in the area. And he joins us here on Mitch Unfiltered. Who did the radio play-by-play for that team as they traveled around the country you may actually know this i didn't even know that there was there was a radio play-by-play shockingly there was a radio play-by i think it was out of a little kirkland station they just asked this guy if he wanted to do it do i do i know this man Uh, you definitely know the name his name is bill swartz oh sure swartz yeah he's he did radio play-by-play for and there's like recordings of it really yeah it's pretty cool I'd like to hear those recordings. Yeah, well, maybe we'll Tell get Bill some. Tell Bill I said hello. I will. Uh, and then the uh, third guest on this episode, 155. You may have heard of him. He was the longtime radio voice of the University of Washington. Oh, I've heard of him, yeah. And he happened to have been in the winner's circle last weekend at the Long Acres Mile. His horse won the That's Long right. Acres Mile. Yep. So I figured, let's invite Bob Rondo on, oh, reminisce about... You dub his career, his retirement, Don James, everything that you, I mean, this is right up your alley. I mean, he's the voice of my childhood, Husky games. I mean, I actually ran into him his first year out of the booth. I ran into him at a Husky game. Yeah. And we're friendly. Like, I don't know if you could pick me out of a crowd, but, you know, I I used to kind of wear, anyway. Yeah. Got got a big old hug from him. He seemed to be enjoying himself. He was just, couldn't be any nicer. I think he retired, and you'll hear me talk to him about it. I think he retired kind of early. No, I agree with you. I mean, Dave Niehaus, he was, rest in he peace, was in never would have retired. Yeah, he was six. He was in his sixties. Yeah, he still was very good at what he did. Yeah. I don't. I don't think he had lost any kind of velocity on his fastball. Right. Um, and he just quit. He was like Forrest Gump. He just, he just decided I didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah. So we'll talk about that. You'll okay. hear, hear the whole interview. Good. I think you'll like that interview because it's a it's a U Dub thing. I'm, I'm a little honky that way for them. Sure. Yeah. A little honky. Yeah. A little a little husky honky. Okay. Yeah. All right. So really excited about episode 155, but before we begin, Evergreen Golf Call, tax advisors, certified financial planners, experienced portfolio managers, all working together to bring retirement planning taxes and investments under one roof, evergreengk.com, more than just a financial advisor, Evergreen is everything wealth. Zeke's Pizza from Tacoma to Bellingham, uniquely Northwest with the best craft beer selection you'll find anywhere, and by the way, 
you can have your favorite beer delivered to your door with pizza and salad by downloading the Zeke's Pizza app. Daniel's Broiler still wants you hiring across the board from busboys to waiters to hostesses to bartenders, full-time, part-time. If you or someone you know is looking for a job, danielsbroiler.com or just stop in to any of the locations, Daniel's Broiler, a world-class steakhouse. Just ordered a brand new outdoor fireplace unit from John Waterstrat and Fireside Home Solutions. They were over here to make perfectly sure that everything will be absolutely perfect. FiresideHomeSolutions.com. Jordan Flowers and his team is now the official Kirkland home of Cross Country Mortgage, offering the best refinance rates on your home. How much can you save every month? Just give Jordan and his team a call. 425-890-2957. This is episode 155. Slickhawk is going to be on the show, and it begins right now. Unfiltered. The world will continue to move on. You'll get up tomorrow. Everything's <laughs> going to be okay with Tim Tebow not being able to be or make a living being a professional athlete. He can make a living a hundred different ways and a pretty big one. Unfiltered. At some point, somebody put their arm around him or he himself, a smart man said, okay, a million dollars a week for me to try to stay on my position that I want 10 more million over four years. Yeah. It makes no sense. Yeah. Mitch is unfiltered. Episode 155 is now officially underway. We'll have three guests. I told you they were Slick Hawk. Yep. Debut, Mitch Unfiltered. Everybody's been waiting for that. People seem excited on Twitter oh, about yeah, that. Oh, yeah, people are excited. I never met him, and I didn't work with him, but he seems You to never a- met Slick Hawk? Never. How is that possible? Well, I got shown Steve the door. Steve Dion and- met, met Slick Hawk. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know that there's a... Oh, yeah, I don't think we got to have them on to discuss yeah, this. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that that's going to happen. <laughs> no, it has to happen. I don't, think there's, I don't think there's any love lost there. Really? Yeah. I don't think the Slickhawk family is a big fan of Steve Dion, but don't tell anybody I said that. Oh, okay. Do they see that? Is it because they don't see eye to eye? Like I don't know. I don't know what happened. It's I'm, I'm at the stage of my life. In the old days, I would say, <laughs> yeah. Let me hear the deal. Let oh, me let you me put and, them both on and, and force and, them yeah, to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, and and push buttons. Yep, you know? yep. I'm at the point of my life now where I, I don't even want to know. I kind of do, but I don't. <laughs> so do I. I. <laughs> I'm the guy that watches Real Housewives every week. I love the drama. Slickhawk, Bob Rondo, <laughs> Cody Webster, love the Cody it. Webster story. Love it. Yes. Wait till you hear. Here's your tease for Cody Webster. Not that I need to tease it because people are already listening, but when they won in 1982 and they broke this long streak of the United States teams just not being able to beat Taiwan. Yep. And he was the hero. He was the number one name in all of sports. Okay. Yep. They came back to Kirkland. They had a parade for them. And then he immediately the next morning with the coach flew out of Kirkland to New York where they put him up on the on Central Park and limos Jeez. and everything. Times Square, was he up there? The reason was he was invited to be on Good Morning America. Oh, I used to love that show. What was it? Uh, uh, not Goodman, but uh, who was the host? Anyway. I don't know. I think they've uh, they've rotated a few Yeah, times. but I mean, in 82, I, I mean, that was yeah. on every they, day They in our flew house. him and the coach wow. to New York and, and pampered him with, uh, with, you know, the whole thing. 
And wait till you hear who he says was on the show with him. They were both going to, through makeup at the sign. So here's a 12-year-old. Oh, interesting. Five feet, seven and a half, 174-pound <laughs> Cody Webster who doesn't know what the hell's going on. Yeah. You know, where, Whirlwind. He's like, I'm in New York? Right. I mean, like, okay. <laughs> he just won the Little League World Series. He's like Sports Illustrated. Everybody wants a piece of him. And he's been flown to New York, limoed to the headquarters and the studios of of Good Morning America, yeah. and he's sitting getting makeup done before his appearance with the other guest of that particular show. Wait, do you hear who the other guest was? Now I just had a good tease. I want to quit doing the show and go listen. <laughs> I don't know if it's available, but I, I want to listen. I want to hear right now. I love it. That's great. One of the classiest human beings that's ever lived. Boy, he went that's through some stuff. Be no, real. no, I'm talking about the other guy. Now. Oh, I think okay. yes. one Cody, of the, man. Probably the guy. One of the guy. Like if you said to a hundred year old sports writers. Name the classiest people that have ever graced sports. Okay. This guy might be number one on everybody's list. Like everybody, like universally beloved. That's all I'm going to tell you. Sitting in that chair next to him? Sitting in the chair next to him. Huh. Okay. And Cody says on the interview, I wish, you know, I didn't know. I didn't know anything about him. I was 12 years old. Right. If I knew now, what I, if I knew then what I knew now, it would have been like, oh my God, I'm sitting next to this guy. But he didn't know. He's 12 years old. Jack Patera. Not going to tell you who it was. Chuck Knox. <laughs> Franco Harris. Yes. Not going to tell you who it was. Okay. Uh, all right. 155 is under. So we got three guests coming up. Yep. I'll, I'll, I'll throw a couple. Uh, what's going on? The Seahawks played preseason game number two. They got blew out, blown out again. I think it was 30 to three. Yep. This time by the Denver Broncos. Yeah. I don't know how worried I'm supposed to be. I Did mean, you watch? I watched. God, it's painful. I watched some of it. Yeah. I mean, well, I don't know. You Pre- watched. I watched every second of it. Oh, you did. Oh. So uh, tell Pre-season me. Preseason football is so <laughs> well, painful. Some, it's the worst. Sometimes it's fun to watch like a rookie or someone. Yeah, yeah, for about eight seconds. Yeah, and, then, and that's it. And then you remind yourself, what am I? <laughs> I'm here on a Saturday. This is what my life has become. I'm yeah. 54 years old watching a Denver Broncos Seattle Seahawks game on foot, on Q13. That doesn't count. I'm watching freaking. Um, uh, what's the guy with the glasses? McHugh. What's it with? What's it? Oh, Mick. No, no. I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> the, the, the cartoon character. Oh, uh, you know, Mr. Magoo. Magoo. I'm watching yeah, yeah. Mr. Magoo play quarterback. <laughs> right. Sometimes I plug in my old Nintendo system from like the 80s and 90s. I'm like, this yeah. will be fun. And like you said, eight seconds later, I'm like, this sucks. Can we please start <laughs> the season, please? Yeah, it's rough. Right. So I, I, I watched every second of it, and I have the same opinion that just about anybody you've read or heard has, okay. which is you can learn literally nothing about the offense. Okay. They didn't play. They don't play. They're playing the third string quarterback. They're not playing the running back. I, I think one starting offensive lineman, if if any, are playing. Um, no wide receivers, no tight ends. Yeah. I mean, they're playing nobody. Okay. On, on offense, they're playing. You can learn nothing. So I almost tuned out the offense. Well, I watched a little Rashad Penny. Yeah. Yeah. And um, DJ Dallas. DJ Dallas. You like DJ Dallas. I, I watched a little DJ Dallas. He had I a nice really kickoff hurt. return. I was really heartbroken that John Ursua got hurt. It looks oh, like yeah. a very serious knee injury. And he was having a good game. And I kind of like him from Hawaii. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. But really, there's you, you can learn zilch about them offensively, which kind of scares me a little bit because they have a new offensive coordinator, well, a new system, yeah. and you're wondering, don't these guys need to play a little bit together in a re- in a game before they go out to Indianapolis yeah. and play Jacob Eason and the Indianapolis Colts? <laughs> well, that was my question. Does the Do you think the tempo looks any different, the same? Can you tell? They No, you can tell. You okay. can tell a little difference, and they did do some up-tempo stuff, which I like, like some no-huddle stuff in the Good. middle of the first quarter, whatever I like. Okay. But I, I, I really will be shocked – 
and dismayed if in in game number three, and you know they only play three, so right. there's only one more left. It's this week, I think. San Diego. The, San Diego. No, well, I don't not think they San Diego. San Diego. Chargers. Yeah, the Chargers. L.A. L.A. Chargers. LA Chargers. Yes. I'll say San Diego. I'll be very years. surprised and dismayed if they don't play some guys on offense to get some um, all of them. Yeah. Anybody who's healthy should play at least a series or two on on Saturday just to get the. I mean, you don't want to go into into Indianapolis ice cold. I would like, agree. With no rhythm at all. I'm sure Russell will see two or three series, right? I would think that he would see more than that. Okay. Maybe so, a quarter. I'm thinking that we're going to get the first team offensive line. Maybe we're going to get a little Chris Carson for a couple handoffs. Oh, yeah. Careful. Um, DK and Tyler Lockett and the and the tight end, the new tight end from the Rams we haven't seen. That's right. supposed to be really good. So I don't you can't you can't learn anything from the offense. Okay. The defense, a little bit of the same, but there were guys playing. There were a lot of guys playing. Now, no safeties, no Jamal Adams, Quandre Diggs, no Bobby Wagner, no Carlos Dunlap. DJ Reed is hurt. So <sighs> you didn't see those guys. But you saw uh, pretty much everybody else, right? We've seen a lot of Daryl Taylor. We've seen Akella Witherspoon, who might be starting at corner. Yeah. Jordan We've seen Brooks. Trey, Trey Flowers, Jordan Brooks. So yeah. you can you're, – you're seeing Alton Robinson and uh, Kerry Hyder, the new guy from San Francisco on the defensive line. So there's – there was there's there's something to watch on defense and and get a little bit of a taste of what's going on, but I don't know. One these, of the these things preseason games. you were supposed to obsess over was it Daryl Taylor? Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm totally obsessed. Did he play? He played. He played played much more the first game than he did the second game, but he played. Yeah, because I was looking at the box score. Yeah, and I don't think I saw his name on the box score for no. one tackle. I, think, I don't think he made the let's box. Let's not start this okay. week on this. <laughs> I wasn't sure if he was hurt. This is or he, driving yeah. me crazy. All right, fine. All right, Daryl Taylor, watch continues. Just get to the quarterback a couple times just to settle me down. Yeah, it'd be nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I think it's pretty, to me, it's pretty clear. Um, I, I don't know. I, maybe I'm jumping to conclusions. I, I, I feel like I've got a pretty good sense of the Seahawks team. Already? Yeah. I think they'll be... Good offensively, if not better than good offensively. They'll be at least good offensively, maybe great. Okay. Depending upon who stays healthy. Obviously, Russell Wilson should be good. I think I think Carson will be good. I think the receivers will be good. I think the new tight end will be good. We'll see what this new offensive coordinator has up his sleeve. I think they'll be at least good and maybe great offensively. Okay. And I think all the questions are going to be on defense. They got a chance to be okay against the run. I think what the season's going to come down to is their pass defense. And that's a combination of something that I'm obsessed with. Yep. And the corners okay. coverage. I mean, I, I just, I don't see, and I don't know about DJ Reed and he's hurt. I don't know. Yeah. I don't see how this group of corners in this day and age, if they don't have a massive pass rush, if they don't get to the quarterback a lot, I don't see how this, and then you've got Jamal Adams, who we'll talk about here in a second, who signed, he's a great football player, not known for coverage. So you got a safety who's not known for coverage. You got two questionable corners. Yeah. Trey flowers is back out there running yeah. behind receivers and, I, I think it's pretty obvious that the season's going to come down to pass defense. You tell me what their pass defense is going to do, and I'll tell you where they finish, where they're going to finish in the NFC. If they're okay, they'll be a playoff team. If they're good, they may be a high playoff team. Because okay. I think around the horn, they're, they're pretty damn good elsewhere. If they're bad, I got a feeling we're going to be – we're going to be crying and whining about the pass defense. I think pass oh. offenses are going to come in here and light them up. I do. I, I may be wrong, but I think yeah. the pass defense is going to be the Achilles heel. And then a little bit of the offensive line. We'll worry a little bit of the, of the offensive line. Two months ago, I think you probably would have said the same thing, right? What's, what's the big weakness on the Seahawks defense? <laughs> and you would have said well, the pass defense. Yeah. I feel like they haven't really well, addressed a, it. A few months ago, we were wondering whether um, 
Shaq Griffin was going to resign. Yes, that's true. And none of us wanted them to pay Shaq Griffin what Jacksonville paid Shaq Griffin. Yeah. But we all at the same time said aloud which that Shaq Griffin was their best corner. Yeah. So I don't know how good he was. He was their best corner. I'm not sure how good he was. I don't, I don't consider him like a pro bowl, all pro corner, yeah. but he was their best. He was. And so while I wasn't mad that they didn't give him all that money because they get, Jackson gave him a shitload of money. Yeah. We were all wondering, okay, what are they going to do now to respond during the, they had the whole off season and they had the draft, not much of the draft because right. there weren't many drafters. They did take the guy out of Oklahoma, Trey Brown. He's small, but, and I don't know. I mean, they're, they're banking on DJ Reed. Trey Flowers and Akella Witherspoon, who was disappointing in San, in San Francisco when he was there. I mean, in this day and age, when everybody's throwing for over five, when the, the whole NFL is based on the pass, That's right, yeah. and everybody's throwing for 5,000 yards, <laughs> I don't know that they've got the group of corners to, to deal with this. Unless they get the pass rush, and that doesn't look I mean, like it, it has to be like the Chicago Bears pass rush. <laughs> of 85, that of 85, one? 85, yeah. Okay. So there's, well, people yeah. are excited about Jamal Adams signing. I mean, maybe that'll... Stoke the. I think most of us. I, I think everybody's excited yeah. that they got him signed. Okay. Now the deal. Well, I mean, you like we talked deal. about. We talked about this on one. We did. Fifty-four P this past week. Yep. So I don't want to go through that. Well, I'd like to hear. I mean, maybe they'd like to hear your opinion. I thought you laid it out pretty well. Well, I thought. I thought that it's. I think a few things. I don't think he's the best safety in the NFL. Okay. I and, and furthermore, I think I'm in the vast majority on that. I think very few NFL executives from what I can tell, think that Jamal Adams is the best safety in the NFL. But you've also said that the highest pay doesn't necessarily reflect the best. No, it's, the it's last always the last sign. guy to right. sign. And he's probably, he's one of the best. Okay. And he's perfect. Well, he's great for Seattle if they use him the way they used him with mm-hmm. pass rushing and everything else, although you don't, you want him to drop back and whatever. I'd like, yeah. But, but um, he's very, very, he's very, very good, if not great. And I'm, I'm tickled pink that they got this thing resolved and they're going into the season. Yes. With him happy. Mm-hmm. Having said that, you know, I, I just I didn't agree with all of the opinions and editorials leading up to it that he had so much leverage. And because they gave two or three first round draft choices to the Jets for him, they had to do something. And right. he held the he held the cards right. in this high stake poker game. He didn't. He didn't. The team, he held some cards yeah. because they want him out there and they need him out there right. because they're a better defense with him. Yeah, you don't there's, want him to walk. He had so, yeah. yeah, well, there's no walking. That's yeah. the whole point. Where's he walking? He's not walking anywhere. Right. Okay. So, so yeah, he had some cards. He had a pair of eights, pair of nines. <laughs> okay. But the leverage is always, almost always with the team. It's set up that way. They have hmm. control of him. They can franchise him at the end of the year. Yeah. They can franchise him at the end of the next year and make him play on one-year contracts and not get a guarantee, not get the signing bonus. And you know, at the end of the day, they put an unbelievable contract in front of him. Some believe, if you if you listen to Jason Lock and Four on episode 154P, mm-hmm. he said there's people around the league who thinks it was too much. Huh. Because it wasn't it wasn't just the highest paid safety. They beat the previous contract by like a million and a half a year. I think the, the previous one was like Justin Simmons or somebody, 16 million. He's going to get 17 and a half. They, they could have gone from 16 to 16 and a quarter or 16 and a half. They went to 17 and yeah. a half. And I don't think I, I don't think it matters much, but I don't think I, I, I'm not sure I would have done that. They put in front of him a huge contract, and he had to make a decision mm-hmm. on what he wanted to do. 
And that contract essentially pays him a million dollars a game. There's 17 games. Right. It's a million dollars a game. And if he wants to sit out because he wants 20 because he's a pass rusher or he wants 21 yeah. and he wants to sit out and, and, and forego a million dollars a game to prove some sort of point, he was. I didn't think he would ever do that. I never thought there was any chance. As soon as I heard that the Seahawks were prepared to make him the highest paid safety in the history of the NFL – that meant $16 million or more. Yep. $16.5 million or more. As soon as I heard that, I didn't think there was a chance in hell that he was not going to play opening day of the NFL season. I just didn't think that the guy like that was going to walk away from a million dollars a week right. when there's a shelf life to these guys, especially a guy who plays as physical as he right. does. There's a shelf life. He's going to literally pass on a million dollars. There was no way in my mind that was going to happen. And for the... One time in my life, I was right. Right, because if you're fighting, let's let's say you you plant your flag for an extra three million, then you sit out for you you miss two games right. at two million. It doesn't. You're like throwing bad money after good or whatever that phrase is, right? I, I mean, well, I told you the analogy, which is not great, but it's funny. Is how far do you want to drive to get a better gas price? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, the the gas station. This is what I said on 154P. I apologize to the patrons, but the gas station around the corner is $4 and 25 cents a gallon. You're like, I don't want to pay $4. There's a, there's a, there's gotta be a, a station in Enumclaw <laughs> right. that's, that's selling gas for three and a quarter. Well, well let's go. How, how much gas do you want to spend? <laughs> right. Go driving to that place. That that's kind of the, the analogy. Yeah. And your it, tank only holds 15 gallons. You say, yeah. <laughs> how much money did he want to spend on this principle that he deserved $20 right. million dollars a year? Oh, well, you were right. You said he would sign and there he was did. No question. He was going to sign. Yeah. And the team had the leverage. So I'm glad that he signed. Now, Dwayne Brown, yeah, we got to wait on Dwayne Brown. They need Dwayne Brown. And, and what I said on 154P, I'll say again now, there's a great argument to be made that Dwayne Brown had more leverage than Jamal Adams because really the leverage that the player has when he's under contract, not when he's a free agent and can walk away. If Jamal Adams could do what you just said, yeah. which is say, no thank you to your contract, I'm going to go play for Cleveland, which right. he can't. The team has control over him. Well, then Jamal Adams would have more, probably more leverage than Dwayne Brown. Sure. But the leverage that the player has, as we discussed, really is simply put, how much do I hurt the team if I don't play if I choose to not play? Right. Really, that's all. It doesn't matter about the first round draft choice you pay, the cost to get him. It doesn't matter about it. How much and really, yeah, one guy's thirty five and the other guy's in in the prime of his career. But the guy who's 35 is the left tackle of the effing football team. For a quarterback who was complaining about offensive linemen earlier. And there is no other guy. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry to all the guys, Forsyth and all these other guys that are playing. He's got to be out there. for the. There is a, probably a much bigger drop-off in the team if they're left tackles. They can probably get through with Marquise Blair. and They probably could have right. gotten through the Jamal Adams thing. I don't think they can get through the left tackle thing. Now, they're banking on that he's just going to ultimately, like Walter Jones, come in, and they're probably right. Yeah. If they do nothing, he'll probably at $10 million say, all right, here we go. My salary's $10 million this year. Do the math. 10 divided by 17, that's roughly, what, seven hundred grand. Yeah. Whatever it is, uh, a, a week, how many, how many paychecks am I willing to forfeit? Uh, so they may be right. He's going to come in, but I don't think it should get to the – even if they – See, John Schneider's smarter than this. I mean, he, he's sitting back and, yeah, even if he was 100% sure that the player's going to go play and they don't have to do anything, right? wouldn't you throw something at him anyway? 
you just to, just to send them. We love you. We're yeah. not going to redo your deal. Here's some more incentive money. Hey, play all the games this year. We'll give you an extra couple million. Bu- yeah. a million. Bu- yeah, throw. Good throw, for morale. My mom right? says throw the dog a bone. Yeah, yeah. Right. Good yeah, for morale. You- Even if you think he's coming back, no matter what. Yeah. Throw him a bone. Well, it's not John Schneider's money. First of all, is probably what he would tell you. Well, he would no. What he would say is. We're doing it under the constraints of a salary cap, and we've got to be careful, and all this stuff counts. But I'm with you. Keep the troops happy a little bit. Just give him a little something. Let him think that he won in the hold-in. They call it a hold-in because he's there. Let him think that, okay, I accomplished something. Yeah. Do you want the 35-year-old left tackle playing but pissed off? Yeah. You know, like as a parent, when sometimes you, you make your kid think that they got it on their terms, it kind of helps when they think they, they won a little bit. Yeah. Because they, they were able you to give decide you, on you their give, terms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do the same thing with Dwayne Brown. Same thing. Yeah, I'm with you. Same thing. 35 year old kid. So he's he's in camp. But yeah, he's, not, he's there every day. Okay, and but he's not playing. Not practicing. Not practicing, not playing. Okay, so he's not getting fined because he shows up, right? Like, would he, would he be fined for missing training camp? No, or? I think you get a $50,000 fine per day if you don't go. Okay. I think they can, if he refuses to participate and he shows up, but refu- they can charge him $50,000 Okay. because it's kind of a holdout. Yeah. But I don't think they do. I think the teams generally say, hey, listen, if you're dissatisfied and you still come and support your team and yeah. be with the team, we won't. We won't fine you the $50,000 okay. a day. And Pete so. Carroll thinks he'll be there week one. Not worried. I, I think everybody does. Okay. All I right. still think throw him a bone. Throw him a bone. Or, like you said, he's got the leverage. Maybe he can get something. He's got some leverage. Okay. All right. <laughs> but let me tell you, for a 35-year-old football yeah. player who's probably sees two or three years max left in his career, yeah. his earning potential... Those seven hundred thousand—I don't know what the what, what the math is. Seventeen, uh, t- ten million divided by seventeen, whatever that is, mm-hmm. one seventeenth every week. That's a big chunk of change to pass up when you've got three years left to earn as much money as you can. His yeah, his a age is—I don't know how much leverage he's got. Well, his age works for and against him. It, it, it works against him in that like you better enjoy this money. Not a lot of guys at thirty-five are making right, right. But he's also thinking, crap, I got like one contract left here. I better try to strike while I can. Well, that's next year. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but it's that's like. next year. He wants to, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I hope he's back. Anyway, we got a ton of other stuff. We call it the other stuff segment for a reason. Yes. I've got like a million other things. I think we should get to the interviews, get to Slick Hawk, get to Bob Rondo, get to Cody Webster, and come back and do these other stuff. Are you so, ready to read a little movie transcript with me? I, I, I need you to memorize one line. Can you sure, handle that? Sure. Do you want to tell me now or later what the line is I need to memorize? The line, I can tell you now, just yeah. so you can kind of prep yourself for, yeah. after all your acting yeah. classes. The Mariners suck. No. The, li- the line is, you're implying that a group of composed... I'm sorry, I can't this even act. be hard. You're implying that a group composed entirely of females will breed? That's my line? Yep. Let me practice. Okay. You can put it in your own words, you know. Say it again. You're implying that a group. Yeah, that a group. Composed entirely of females. You're implying that a group composed entirely of females. Will breed. Will breed? Yeah, how, how insane does that sound? That, that, that's what you're asking me. Yeah, I'm, I'm questioning. Yeah, you're questioning. Okay, I got it. You I ready? Know, I don't know. What, are we doing it now? No, no, we'll do it in the next, next segment. Yeah, the other, well, it's the other stuff segment. That segment other, is what I meant, yes. Yeah, okay. Hey, it's financial trivia time with Katie Versio, senior financial planner for our partner at Evergreen Golf Call. Hi, Katie. Hi, Mitch. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you back. I think I may have embarrassed myself with an 0 for 3 performance the last time. I'm ready to do better. Is there a theme to this? 
Yes, the theme today, it's a mid-year market update. I okay. figured it'd be good to just check in. Okay. There's been a lot of movement and just see where things are. Okay, I'm ready. Question number one. All right, let's see how closely you've been paying attention to the market. The first one is an easy one. It's a true or false. Value stocks are outperforming growth stocks this year. I'll say true. Ding, ding, ding. That's correct. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for the last... 10 years or so, growth has really outperformed. Those names like Amazon, Facebook, Google have really been doing well. And this year we've seen a little bit of a trend reversal. Some of those tech names have struggled earlier this year and value has outperformed. Okay, question number two, I'm one for one. All right, so the next one is about inflation. So this is a very hot topic in the market today. What is the current one year inflation rate from June 2020 to June 2021. So how much okay. have the cost of goods and services in the economy grown over that one year period? Okay. Is it 1%, 2.5%, 4.6% or 5.4%? Clearly it's over four. The question is, is it over five? I'll go C. 4. Point, what was it? 4.6% I think you gave me at C. Yeah, so that's actually incorrect. Huh. It's D, 5.4%. So this is a huge number. It hasn't been seen since 2008. Costs and goods and services have really been increasing. This is a big trend that our investment team is watching and we're really have been over the last six months or so repositioning portfolios to adjust for this new trend we're seeing. All right, still a chance for me to go 667, Katie. Lay number three on me. In 2021, what's the best performing asset class so far? Is it real estate investment trusts, energy, large cap stocks, or financial stocks? Well, I think it's large cap stocks. Is that not right? I'm sorry, Mitch. That is incorrect. Oh. Most years, it is large cap stocks, and all of these asset classes have performed well, but the top performing asset class is energy this year. It's up over 40%. I'm sure... Your listeners probably experience that when they go to get gas. We sure do. Well, 0 for 3 last time, 1 for 3. I'm moving in the right direction. We love Katie Versio. We love Evergreen Golf Call. Everything wealth. Unfiltered. Please get the kids out the room right now. I don't usually swear in a video, but I let a few fly today. I'm so jacked up! First off, see that right there? That just beat the holy dog shit out of the Cowboys! Woo! Cowboys thought they beat the world champs. They're gonna come into CenturyLink and run it on us. Throw it on us. Guess what? I got some news for you. Kev Chancellor! Earl Thomas! Woo! Red Bryant! Come try to run on us! What a Seattle Seahawks! Oh my God! Oh my God! <laughs> Slicky, Mitchy, <laughs> Mitch! <laughs> oh, we're here! Oh, Slick Hawk, Matt Mickless is on Mitch Unfiltered. I never thought I'd say those words. <laughs> Together again. Reunited, and it feels, it feels so good. So good. How awesome is this? Ladies and gentlemen, this is uh, what I've been waiting for for such a long time. Mitch Unfiltered is proud to present Matthew Mick. Are we still calling you Slick Hawk? What are the rules now? You call me whatever the hell you want. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you know, 
I, I I'll go by Slick. I'll go by Slickhawk. I'll go oh. by Matt. You know, I'll, oh I'll, the whole God. the whole range, all of it. It is so nice to see your face on Zoom. It is so yeah. nice to hear your voice on Mitch Unfiltered, my old friend. And I are going to start teaming up a little bit for a weekly Patreon exclusive during football season. Patrons only, but we're going to shoot the shit every week. Every week during the football season. Who knows? Maybe it'll go a lot longer than that. My old friend, Matt Miklas, Slickhawk, is with us on Mitch Unfiltered. Tell me, tell me, catch us up on the last... I mean, you and I have been in such limited contact, and I'll go through that with our listeners. It was kind of heartbreaking for me, but I kind of put us in a, in, a, in a pickle there. First of all, how are you doing... Everybody knows by now that you're no longer with KJR. After how many years? How many years were you with KJR? Nine years. Nine years at KJR. Nine years at KJR. How many of those years with me? I guess it would be five. Uh, Five, yeah. Five years with me and then four years after me. And it came to kind of for all of us, all of your fans, and I know they want me to ask, it kind of came to an abrupt end. All of a sudden, Slickhawk wasn't on KJR anymore, and people reached out to you via Twitter. You became locked at one point and Mm -hmm. became quiet. And so let's start right there. How are you doing, A, personally? Is everything okay? And, and B, to the best of your ability, tell everybody what happened. Was it a surprise? What what, what exactly happened over there? Sure. Uh, and, you know, first of all, a big thank you to to everybody who's reached out, shared kind words, wondered, you know, where I've been or where I'm, what's going on. And a lot of people have said a lot of really nice things, and, and including yourself. And so I do, I want to say uh, thank you to everybody. I was there for nine years, like I said, nine years uh, exactly. And... Uh, like you mentioned, it ended abruptly, as these things often do. In this business, a lot of the time, you don't you don't get to call your shot as to how long you stay or when when you get to stay or when you get to go or, or go out on your terms a lot of the time. And that's that's just kind of how these things go. And you get into it knowing that. So, you know, I look at my time at KJR very, very fondly. Uh, I've had I, I made a lot of really great people there. I've got great friends still uh, mm-hmm. over there and everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a chapter of my life that uh, I'm going to look back on so, so greatly. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of a lot of great times. Um, you know, you said it like you could have said it better. It ended abruptly. That's that's what happens with these things. Did sometimes. you did and you so, even know that it was happening or was it one of these things where they called you in after the show and they said they're, they're letting you go? Did they yeah. give you any explanation that you could share with your fans and and your listeners as to why they were going in an opposite direction? You know, it's um, it caught me by surprise. And, you know, by talking to everybody there, I think it, I think it caught everybody by surprise. Um that's that's just kind of how it, it a financial so, thing. Was it a was it a, a a money thing? Do you think that they were looking to do something a little less expensive? How how do you how do you rationalize in your mind them just you know all of a sudden saying mm-hmm. you're not with us any longer? At this time, I can only assume, and because you know you don't get a whole lot of information kind of on your way out, and they don't share their their big picture thinking with me, which is okay. It's they don't have to do that. But um, did they say anything? No, they. But that's. I, I, my feeling on this is that's just kind of how it goes. 
uh, I can assume. I mean, look, we all know we're in a pandemic. We all know belts have been tightened. I have friends who used to work in that building that don't any longer. And, and that's kind of happened over the last couple of years. And so uh, I, I think they that they think that they can get along better. Um a little bit cheaper. And yeah. so I think that's yeah. probably what's happened, which is okay. That's okay. Are you I'm at, okay. Are you at peace? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Are you at peace with it? Are you yeah. frustrated? Are you hurt? I know it's it's still kind of new for you. Yeah. And so it's probably different not getting up and going going over there every every day <laughs> after you did so for so many years. Are you okay? I'm, I'm doing great, actually. You yeah. know, and the initial Good. shock, uh, you just kind of don't know what to do at first. Um, so once I kind of got over that, uh, yeah, I, I'm doing all right now. And so, you know, kind of looking at the next chapter, that was a great chapter, you know, nine years of my life. I came up here from Oregon uh, with the idea that I was going to go to school and and see what I could become in, in the sports radio business in the t- in the city of Seattle. And I had nine great years here where I, I got to do that and really kind of live out my dream in sports radio yeah. and, and and have a blast doing it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I kind of look at that as a segment of my life where I got to, you know, I have several segments in my life, you know, about my military sure, service. And, sure. you know, that's that's one segment. This was another segment. Now, what I'm going to do after this, that'll be the next chapter. And, and I'm excited to get get into Tell us that about too. that. Tell us about that. Going sure. back to school. Yeah. Give us an idea. You're not chasing broadcasting jobs jobs although you're right. you're you're welcoming the adventure with me thank, yeah. thank goodness i'm really thrilled for that tell us what's next in your life i always told myself you know i'm gonna go up there i'm gonna see how long i can or what i can make of myself whatever run i have that's gonna be i'm not gonna be somebody who you know moves around the country trying to chase it i'm just gonna see what i can be in the town where where the teams are that I love and mm-hmm. I can connect with the community in that way. I, I wouldn't be able to be the same broadcaster in Charlotte or in Dallas because I wouldn't have that connection, that, that fandom that I, that I share with, with everybody. So, so I'm moving on. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm re-enrolling in school. I've, I've got a job now. I'm, I'm going to school uh, starting here next month. I'm going to finish getting the degree that I, I stopped pursuing uh, when I went from intern to being the producer of, uh, of the morning show. Uh, I dropped out of school at that point, so I'm going to get that degree. Uh, and then I'm moving on to a communications uh, program at Eastern Washington and uh, eventually looking to get into teaching. It's something that I you always felt like. You dropped out of school for me. I, well, I, no, I dropped out of school for me. You know, you just got to reap the benefits of that. <laughs> and look what I did to you. I, you dropped out of, out of school for me, and look what I did. I, I'm so thrilled, uh, Slickhawk, that we're going to do some shtick together and, and shoot the shit on, on Mitch Unfiltered on a weekly basis. I, I know that when I fell on my face in 2017, I know that you know this, that – you know, it was very, very difficult time that I put everybody over there in and myself in. And one of the little tiny silver linings I always felt, and I tried to communicate this to you, I think I did, was that a guy like you and others there got some opportunities that you were not getting 
while I was there doing the morning show. You, you and Dick, and you can take us through what you did for four years after I was gone, but you got some expanded roles on the air, and I tried to reach out to you to let you know that I'm here for you, that I still want the friendship, I still want the relationship, and, and you were placed in an, a very awkward situation. I guess I put you in a very awkward situation between the station and me, and you communicated back to me, well, Mitch, I'm, I'm not really feeling like comfortable with uh, being in the middle, and I, I don't want to put words in your Maybe you can talk sure. to, the, to the issue of how you felt when I was reaching out to you over the course of those, those many months after. It was tough. It was tough um, because I wanted to be able to remain to remain loyal to you, um, you know, even though, look, whatever, whatever was happening, you know, professionally and everything, I was getting opportunities. So, you know, I'm, I don't know if there's a silver lining with, with everything, but uh, it, it did create some opportunities for me. Um, but as far as, you know, when we, when that all went down and everything, I, I wanted to be able to, you know, I, I've always considered you a friend. And so obviously I wanted to be able to, to maintain that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I've also, you know, at the time I have a career that I'm trying to get into in, in this business and, and in that building. So it was, it was a really tough, tough spot for me. And I hope that, you know, in my response, I was able to convey that well enough to where you understood. I, I was limited, obviously, in what I could do. And, and I wished at the time and obviously still do i wished you all the best and i'm super glad that you've you know you got you've been able to get on your feet and thank what you've you. done with this podcast is thank incredible you. thank you um you know and so i've i've obviously followed you and, and what you've been doing very closely so uh, i'm pumped that you've that you've been able to turn this thing around into into something of a positive for yourself and um and wish nothing but the best for you and now i'm now i'm excited to get to be a part uh, of it that's here. beautiful and vice versa and people will will want to know in fact they've asked already on twitter lots of questions lots of feedback lots of reaction that that uh, matt mickless slickhawk is joining the mitch unfiltered team they want to know does slickhawk even know what mitch unfiltered is all about has he ever <laughs> listened people want to know what your familiarity your level of familiarity is with this show and you said to me not too long ago i, I gotta set some records straight which told <laughs> told me that you've been paying uh, at least a little bit of attention Right. Well, you know, <laughs> you know the the super high brow portions here out in the uh, in the non Patreon uh, world. That's that's kind of where I kept my focus. So, well, you're you a know. Patreon now. You're a Patreon now. You get all <laughs> okay. the Patreon shows. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. I've got those tears. No. Uh, yeah. So I followed along. I listened here. Listen there. Good. Um, now, now there was a comment that was made. Now, I mean, okay. So we got. So okay, we're gonna be doing this a while. So I'm sure that. We're going to get to open up some closet doors and uh, things like that. Sure, but, sure. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, but there was a comment made that, yes, yes. you know, sometimes you can, you, you could back in the day. <laughs> maybe see red maybe get a little upset look yes. i with certain producers yes. and and you had made mention of the fact that you know maybe 15 years ago was the last time that no happened. i don't know that i said it was the last i don't know it's a, a lot longer than was the case because <laughs> i i seem to remember a time yes. uh when i was now this was so a little bit of history for people who don't know so okay, okay. i interned on your show 
Yes. Um, and I did, I did that for about six. I turned a three-month in- internship into a six-month internship. Okay. I started early, and the reason I had to do that was because three days after my internship was scheduled to start, yes. uh, your producer, Danny Cumming, was quitting. He was leaving. He was... He was <laughs> He had he, left yet. He wouldn't have been the first. <laughs> <laughs> no. He was almost the last. Almost the <laughs> last. So starting day three, I was basically producing your show ah, as an intern. Yeah. And so I was able to, but that was an opportunity for me to really show myself too and work hard and all those things. So <laughs> Jason Stein was the producer that was between <laughs> Danny Cumming and myself. And so when we had brought Jason in, and this was after I had, I had been hired um, that next summer, uh. people, I don't know. It, <laughs> people who listen to your show, which I assume is most of your listenership, <laughs> I, I think they might remember you had a little issue in terms of guests and cell phones. I don't know. Maybe this is new information to people. So when Mitch would have a guest on, uh-huh. he would, especially in those earlier years, cell phones were just kind of a no-no. So when we did the Daily Schnoz, which yeah. is where we went to four different cities, uh, you know, you would expect everybody to be booked typically on that day, although you always press that it should have been done the night before, even though oftentimes we wouldn't know the stories until six in the morning, but that's cool too. So um, I I won't go down that road. We'll just stay here for a second in this lane. So so we would book these things an hour, hour and a half advance of the segment. And sometimes it was difficult to get somebody to commit to being on the radio for five minutes or 10 minutes, however long you decide you want to make the questions go. (laughs) 20-minute segment, four guests. Uh It sounds like it should be five minutes per. Oh, boy. So Jason wasn't able to get somebody on a landline. Something happened. He was on his cell phone. And Mitch was good and pissed about that. But it wasn't – that wasn't so much the issue. This happened sometimes. You didn't love it. It was whatever. Jason Stein, the producer – is trying to get the third guest on the line. This is in the break. And you say something to him to the effect of, make sure this one's on a landline. He commented back to you. Yeah, he talked back (laughs) about that. And, And that's where things went awry. So he says something back to you. And this is, and for people who don't know the setup, there's a, I like to call it kind of the fishbowl situation. So there's three rooms looking in on your big room. So he's (laughs) commenting on my microphone. He's got his finger on the button on the board next to next to me. And I've worked there all of, you know, a month like I've actually getting paid for. I've never seen like an altercation in radio. So he's like right next to me yelling at you. And you said, that's it. And you spin up off your chair. And this is, again, while he's, like, trying to get the guest on for the schnoz. And he was yelling at me. He's yelling at you. It's a 30-second break. You rise up off your chair. You come around. You shove the door open. (laughs) You literally, Mitch, you you take the phone, the receiver, from his his hand. I did. Slam it down. (laughs) And say, what did you say to me? Meanwhile, I'm there, and I'm at the computer, which is eight inches away from both of you, and I'm like, this is a 30-second break, (laughs) so I'm adding commercials, I'm just stretching this thing out, because I have no idea what to do. And I, th- I really thought you two were going to get in a, in a fight. Uh, you didn't fight. get in a fight. No. You didn't. Do- no. One of you backed down, I'm assuming him. 
And that so that's the, la- that's the one time, and far more recently than you would let on, okay. where I saw Mitch go red. Okay, so I went red. and that was Never the, on me. That was, Never the, on that me. was the first month of your yeah. existence at KJR. Yeah. Did I ever go red after that? No, not like that, no. Okay, uh, now. Story right. time. So now, <laughs> so now that we got that straight, okay. Sure. I take sure. full responsibility, and the truth is I do – a lot of stuff I don't remember over the years because there was a lot of years of it. But that I, mm. I actually remember that episode, me going in there and being absolutely – I wasn't seeing straight, and I was very, very angry. And I remember maybe grabbing the phone out of his hand or knocking the phone out of his hand. Yeah. I don't exactly rem- remember what it was over or what he said. So, But I, I take full responsibility. Those things don't happen on Mitch Unfiltered, just so you know. Okay. No, no, no. Okay. No, no, Well, no, no the, my phone receiver is here. You can't <laughs> grab it out of my hand. <laughs> I'm down here in Tacoma. Uh, so what would, what would you like to accomplish when we do this weekly show every yeah. week uh, and we come to patrons on Thursday or Friday and we're in between Seahawks games and we're in the middle of the stretch run of the Mariner? Uh, what would you like? What would you like to see this show? What are you smiling about? Well, no, this. But the, but the answer is this. This. I mean, what we just did, what we've been doing. <laughs> and I think <laughs> I think the people that listened to the show yes. when I was a part of your show and I got to and I got to because my role expanded over the years. Yes, with it your did. Show yes, it did. On air. And so I think people. People that that heard our interactions, I think that's exactly what they want. what they probably want to hear. Okay. And people have said, you know, if is Slickock going to go on your your podcast? And yeah. I've seen the tweets, and again, I appreciate them all. I think that that's that's what's the best about you and I. Just when we get in a room, okay. whether there's a microphone on or not, or not, sometimes maybe it's at a Buffalo Wild Wings during the NCAA tournament, or the Ram restaurant, or the Ram. Ram yes, <laughs> <laughs> we just get in a room and shoot uh, the shit, just like you talked about. I think. I think that I think we have a lot of fun when we do that, and I think people who are around us or listening to us will will probably have fun with it too. I mean, maybe not, but probably. Walk, walk, walk <laughs> I me, hope so. Walk me through because I didn't pay very, very close attention for a lot of reasons. One of which it was, uh, it was very, you know, it was difficult for me to listen to KJR in the years sure. after I had been there for so long. Walk me through real quickly after I was uh, shown the door wh- where. You and Dick then took over for me on an interim basis, and then we're replaced. Yeah. T- kind of walk me through your last f- four years at KJR. Yeah, so that happened all right, August right before football season, twenty seventeen. Yes. Yeah, which around here, football season is pretty big. So we had to. I, I guess the thought was we had to get through football season and then kind of see see what we could do. So Dick and I did the show together and so it was you know it was me from the producers booth still yes we brought in Hugh Millen a lot yes we brought in some guest co-hosts um but uh, you know anybody who listens to the morning show on KJR while you were there after you were gone knows that football season kind of drives itself there because we have so many guests so many segments pre-planned yes you know it's kind of it's it's kind of there and it's you know it's 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 football season, the Seahawks, the Huskies. So it's kind of easier to get through. So that's kind of what we did. We, we held it together. How was that? I, I like to think. How was that? 
Was it, it was fun? fun. Yeah. Oh, it was fun. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. Dick, I will forever the cherish pressure, those the pressure few months was with Dick and myself. Mitch Levy wasn't walking through those doors asking for guests, right? And, and cell phones and, <laughs> and landlines, right? The, was, the, 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 I didn't mean the pressure was off. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was the it, it was a little it was a little different. Yeah. But um yeah. but it was still look, and then that's the thing too. Those those five years and everything with you. And, and even when Look, it was a job and I had things I had to do for that job. And some days were easier, some days were harder or, or, you know, but we always had fun. Yes, we did. We always had fun. And except and for Tuesdays after the show when we had to go to the meeting. That was <laughs> yeah, no but, then, but then after that meeting, we had fun. <laughs> we had fun at the expense of everything that happened in the meeting. So, <laughs> no, but so it was Dick and myself for a while through football season. Uh, and then Chuck Powell, who I think at the time was doing middays with Jason Puckett, he moved into the morning show. And that's when they brought in Bucky Jacobson okay. to join him. And then I was producing uh, that show for for several years. So, so I stayed producing the morning show show and then i also moved into an on-air role um on the 10 to 1 show for a year year and a half uh co-hosting with jason puckett as well right that was after cliff averill cliff averill was there with jason puckett before you slipped into that role correct yep yeah okay all right well as i said at the beginning i can't say it enough and i'll say it to you probably the entire football season i love seeing your face i love the fact that you jumped at the opportunity to be with me and uh I, I feel great about the reunion. I really do. I think you and I could have a lot of fun once a week yeah. during the football season and non-football season. I suppose I should ask you, even though we probably should wait for our first official show on, on the patron episodes, where are you? The The Seahawks just got blown out for, I guess, a second consecutive exhibition game, even though they're not playing anybody, especially on offense. They're playing a handful of guys that are going to be in the rotation on defense. I, I don't know where you stand on that. Are you particularly concerned? What do you... You're happy. You and I have been talking over Twitter about Jamal Adams. You were worried that Jamal <laughs> Adams' contract may not get done. It's done now. we got to take care of Dwayne Brown and get the left tackle out there. Where are you, Seahawks Slickhawk? I see the I see the jersey in the background with Sean Alexander's name. Right, and that's yeah. I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna rotate jerseys back okay. there. Okay. But uh, no, I well, and where I came down on the Jamal Adams thing, I was somebody who was very, very, very against the trade. I thought you gave up way too much for a strong safety. I thought it was a desperation move from a front office that hasn't drafted well in a long time, that had no answer for what to do after Frank Clark, and because of that, found themselves with a huge, huge pass rush issue that they couldn't solve in free agency. And so because of that, they went and made a trade for Jamal Adams to try and help out with that issue, which is fine. But you look at a trade like, the Steelers gave up for Minka Fitzpatrick. They gave up a first round pick, you know? So if you're bringing in a safety who, and I like Minka Fitzpatrick more than I like Jamal Adams, by the way, you can't give up what they gave up for that position. And then the second part of that was always going to be, then you're going to have to pay him and he's going to hold all the cards because of what you just gave up. He's going to have the leverage. You know, I don't agree. You know, I don't agree with that, but we don't have to get into that. We don't have to debate. (laughs) We don't have to debate that now. I don't believe that he did hold all the cards. In fact, I think that the team hold more held more cards in him, but they got him in. He's Mm going to play safety. He'll be their opening day. We hope that Dwayne Brown will be their opening day. My sense is he will be, he'll be playing left tackle like Walter Jones uh, on opening day. Where do you feel at this stage of the game? The Seahawks are vis-a-vis the Rams and the 49ers in the West. Well, 
I would say between the two, probably. We'll see what, what Pete Carroll allows this offense to be. I know he – I feel like Pete Carroll wants to give Shane Waldron the keys and the reins to the offense and be hands-off. But you can want something in August, but then when it's in October and you're 4-2 and two or 3-3, three and three, I don't trust Pete Carroll to keep his hands off. So that, that okay. part concerns me. Okay. The only part that really concerns me about this preseason is that – the cornerback position, like we could talk about, okay, it's backups and everything, but these cornerbacks, these one of these guys at least is going to be starting, right, between Flowers or Witherspoon or whatever they're going to do. And I'm just really left unimpressed with their ability to do anything at that position to get any stops on third down against against backups. So, you know, I know you'll worry about the pass rush because yes, you're will. Mitch and, yeah. and you worry about the pass rush <laughs> because you're obsessed with the pass rush. Yeah. But uh, I actually feel like that piece of it's going to be okay. I, I like the guys I'm, that I'm they more, brought in. I'm more concerned with the pass defense as opposed yeah. to the pass rush. Yeah. And as everybody knows, the pass defense is made up of two major components. The pass rush, which I'm obsessed with, and then the <laughs> coverage on the back end. And I, I, I didn't want them to spend as much money as Jacksonville did on Shaq, but Shaq was their best corner, and they've replaced him with Akella Witherspoon, and we got Trey Flowers, and we've got a, a, a hurt DJ. I'm concerned. And then they talk about how there's there's some lack of coverage in Jamal Adams's game at safety. I I'm more. I think the clear weakness of the team. I won't say is pass rush. I'll say is pass defense. I think at the end of the day that's going to determine whether the Seattle Seahawks are kind of a wild card-ish team or they're in true contention to win the West and have a high seed in the NFC. Pass to- defense. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Uh, okay. But that that's their only weakness, but it's a – pretty big weakness and I yeah and I and I think you know we saw it come together a little bit last year part of that was aided by they didn't really play anybody yeah but it got better as the season went along so maybe it won't be as bad as we think um I think offensively that Russell Wilson has more weapons than he's ever had I think he probably has the best pass blocking offensive line that he's had since the Super Bowl era so I I like I think I like what's going on are they a wide receiver short um you know, they, with D. Eskridge being hurt as as far along in camp as he's been, I, I was hoping that he'd be able to contribute more earlier in the season. Maybe he won't be able to. I think they'll figure it out, though. I think Gerald Everett's going to help a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I think he has enough targets that they can they can make it work until they really find their footing in the new offense. I think. I love you, Slickhawk. This is going to be so fun. Once a week via the Patreon shows for patrons exclusively, it'll be me and Slickhawk. Slickhawk and I will discuss the uh, the issues of the week as we walk through the, 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 the fabulous football season, both college and pro. Now, listen, before we finish up here, I'll have you know, and I don't know that we can do this technically. This is a very difficult thing. This isn't as easy as doing it on the old radio where you hit the button. But as you know, after getting their asses handed to them on Friday and Saturday, oh, my God. Your favorite baseball team found some sort of a way. I'm not sure how they did it. They were down 2 nothing, But they found some sort of a way to eke out the third and final game against those hated Houston Astros. So... <laughs> How long's the business we did one of these? <laughs> Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, let's do this.
And it's no, nay, never. No, nay, never, no more. When I play the Wild Rover, no, never, no more. And you are just, by the way, as out of tune as I remember. <laughs> it hasn't gotten better. In fact, it might have gotten worse. Thank you, Slick. It's going to be fun. I hope you're going to enjoy it as much as I'm going to enjoy it each and every it's week. It's going to be good. Slick Hawk and Mitch here uh, via Patreon for our patrons of Mitch Unfiltered. Love you, Slick Hawk. Thank you. Appreciate it. This is going to be fun. So listen, Dan Black is the president of Zeke's Pizza, I think with 19 locations, I can't keep track, Tacoma, north to Bellingham, and more are coming. Dan, the footprint of Zeke's Pizza widens. Yeah, I can't keep track either. We're either at 19 or 20. We'll have to look on the website. But yeah, more coming too. Uh, Seward Park, White Center, and we're working on a deal in Spokane, so nice. keep your fingers crossed on that. That would be a nice extension east obviously the last few times that you and i visited i've been meaning to mention with the northwest style pizza and beer selection getting all the spotlight at your places i think the levy family thinks that the chopped salad is underrated we were at the issaquah highlands location the other day my son and i and we agreed that we could do on a visit to zeke's a large chop split amongst the two of us does it do well yeah, the chop's one of our most popular salad, and, and the Black family and the president of Zeke's both agree with you <laughs> on the salads. Um, you know, again, like you say, they don't get a lot of attention, but they're awesome. And we have people that are just, they come to Zeke's for the salads. The chop in particular, you know, substantial. It's got salami on it, a lot of different toppings, and uh, that one's definitely shareable, and it's substantial on its own. And so, yeah, definitely agree. The beer lineup is always a talking point for Zeke's. We know that. I understand there's another one being added to the list. Is that correct? Yeah, you know, we make a lot of beers every year with a lot of different brewing partners. Any given year, we'll release 9 to 12 on a seasonal basis. They come in and out over a three-month period. Every once in a while, we release one or land on one that when we take it off the list, people rebel. <laughs> and so we had one of those last year called Lateral A IPA uh -huh. uh, with our partner in Single Hill out of Yakima. Anyway, people went crazy when that one left, and so we now have it on the permanent lineup. So you can now get cans of Lateral A anytime at Zeke's. Man. Zeke's Pizza is going strong. Don't forget to download the Zeke's Pizza app or Zeke'sPizza.com and have some great pizza and beer and salads delivered right to your door. Go to one of the 19, 20, 23, 30, 40 locations. <laughs> Zeke's Pizza's homegrown in the Northwest. Unfiltered. Well, I think the coaching staff of the Taiwanese team is getting a little tense because the man up there right now, Cody Webster, is throwing an exceptional game. So far, he's completely shut down the Taiwan offense. And if he has two more innings, we're gonna see a newly crowned champion American team. That's right, only six innings, remember, in Little League Baseball, unless it goes to Exxon. A long high ball to center field, forget about that. Wow, by Little League standards, that's definitely a tape measure job. Well, with the Little League World Series back rolling along and an East Lake Washington participant this year, many of us are old enough, and I unfortunately fall into that category. We find ourselves reminiscing about 1982. 
I was an impressionable 15-year-old baseball player in Florida when that Little League team from Kirkland, Washington, and our next guest were the toast of the entire country. What a great privilege and honor it is to have him back with us this time on Mitch Unfiltered, Cody Webster. How are you, Cody? Hi, Mitch. I'm doing well. Thanks a lot for having me. It's great to have you back. You know, many of us saw... The documentary, you and I have chatted about it. It's heartbreaking to so many of us, including me, that because of what came next for you, that we all have warmer memories than you do. Is that still the case of 1982? Well, I don't know if I'd say that. You know, I I have great memories. I think a lot of times it comes across that maybe, you know, it was tough for me, and it was a little bit, but at the same time, it was a wonderful experience that... Um, the reason I always talked about the negative was because I always wanted parents to understand that you need to slow your roll a little bit, you know? Do you feel like your your adult years were impacted by what happened in 82 and what happened after 82? I, yeah, I think my whole life's been impacted, you know? I just, certain decisions were made and, you know, growing up because of Little League, I mean, people know me, my name, it's just, it's just different, you know? I. I don't think it's better or worse, mm -hmm. you know, I, it's just, it, I think that was my plan at that age and it definitely affected where I went. Cody, I remember reading something not too recently, but, but not too long ago that you, that you felt like something clicked and you began to embrace it and not be ashamed of talking about the experience in 1982. Can you put your finger on when that happened and why that happened? Yeah, I can. It was, uh, well... Part of it was when the documentary came out and kind of opening up to those guys about that. Right. And the other part was getting myself day-to-day -day back into baseball. And, you know, I, Dottie Heberlein uh, gave me a, a, a job at North Shore, and I really got back into it, so it just allowed me to come to peace with it, you know? Are you able to get back with your former teammates from time to time? I don't know if the coaches are still around, but do you guys uh, reminisce at all? Yeah, I mean, I, I see on a regular basis quite a handful of them. And, you know, next year is our 40-year anniversary. Um, so we will probably do something. We'll either go to Williamsport or we'll meet up somewhere. Oh, that's nice. Know? That's nice. Yeah. Remind me and, and some of our listeners – the fun things, some of the fun things that you experienced after winning. Did I read where President Ronald Reagan called you to congratulate you? Is that right? Well, yeah, they they, they sent a telegram back then. It was uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, we're old. Um, but I have the telegram at my house. It's um, it's very cool. I, I um, so as soon as we got back from, you know, we had a parade in downtown Kirkland. Mm -hmm. Then I got to sleep at home. And then the next morning, my coach, Don Cocker, and I flew out to New York to do Good Morning America. And, you know, it was first-class treatment. Stayed at St. Moritz on the park, got the limo. Wow. Went to, went to the stock market, signed autographs for about an hour at the stock market. Just did the whole trip. And, you know, I did a, a, quite a few. I went down and... Did a baseball camp with Tug McGraw and Earl Weaver, which was probably my favorite. Oh, uh, favorite, favorite thing I did. Okay, hold on a second. You don't don't gloss over the Good Morning America thing because I understand that you met somebody pretty prominent on the set or getting ready in makeup or something to go on Good Morning America in 1982, yeah. right? Yes, Arthur Ashe. It was unbelievable. Very cool. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I didn't obviously at 12. I didn't obviously appreciate as much as I would now, but. Yeah, it was very special to... Uh, what was he I like? Mean, I was, uh, was he kind? 
Everybody I met back there was very kind to me, yes. And what was it like for a 12-year-old from Kirkland, Washington, in New York, in limos and in fancy hotels? And did, did you – you threw out the first pitch at Chase Stadium. Was that on the same trip? And what, what famous pitcher was standing by watching you throw that first pitch out? Yeah, Chase Stadium, uh, Nolan Ryan. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was fantastic. Yeah, I got to do a lot of really uh, fun things. And that's why I don't want it to ever come across that I was bitter about it, you know, because, I mean, I, I really did get to experience a lot of things that people don't get to, you know. But I think So, yeah, New York was fantastic. It really was. Yeah. You know, I think there's probably a lot of people in our audience that are unfamiliar with the, the difficult aftermath that you encountered at such a fragile age. It's all in the documentary, so go watch the documentary. Tell the short version about some of the nastiness that you had to endure at age 13, 14, 15, 16, all the way to 18. Yeah, so when we got done, you know, we were heroes, right? I yeah. Mean, we were treated like heroes, but, you know, the next year it became, we became villains, you know, we were, we're and I get it, right? We were at the top and people wanted to take us out. But it got pretty wicked and nasty where, you know, parents and brothers of players I was playing, they just, you know, they'd sit there and heckle me. And I've been, I was spit on when we'd go to tournaments and like regionals when I was 14. Um, you know, just stuff that, you know, people, I learned at an early age that A, people can be pretty nasty and B, you can't really care what they think, you know, all the time. You just can't. You, you were just a kid. You right. were 13, 14, and you've said it a million times. At 12, you were a great baseball player for 12. Right. And at, at 18, you, you were not that great of a baseball player, right, for 18. Absolutely. And, you know, I was very proud of, you know, my career. I, I peaked when I peaked. You know, there was a reason for it. And, you know, it, it happened. And, I yeah, I just, you know, part of it was I was burned out. But the main reason, I just wasn't good enough, you yeah. know. Yeah. And, and that's okay. And you went to Eastern Washington to try to play baseball. You played football in high school and baseball in high school. You went to Eastern. Was there a story about a coach who who was nasty to you when you weren't pitching well at Eastern? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. The coach, I think I think what it was is, you know, he, he got me over there because of my name, right? Yeah, and I got over there, and I don't think I was probably as good as he thought I was. So he rode my ass pretty good, and you know he would say like, "Come on, little league hero," you know, just demeaning stuff. But it was just like whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I was done. That was it for me. I was like, okay, baseball's no more fun for me. I'm, I'm gonna get into the coaching side. Right, and you were able to wipe it away, or no? What What were those those years after you played when you gave up the sport and got onto the coaching side? What was that like for you? Was it a relief? Was it a lot off your shoulders? Or how'd you feel about that? Yeah, it was a big relief for me because I absolutely enjoy, I enjoy being on the diamond, right? I enjoy baseball. I enjoy everything about it. So I didn't have the pressure anymore, you know, just the pressure of you got to perform, you have to do well, or people are going to say something, you know, yeah. the biggest, the hardest thing I think for me was always when I'd meet people, even now, you know, I mean, certain people will say they're disappointed, you know, or, oh, or uh, people say that to yes. you, Cody. No, they, yes, they really yes. want at this stage of your life. You're how old? 50 years old, 52 51. years, old, 51 years old. And people come up to you and say those things. I mean, it doesn't happen a lot anymore, but I mean, during my twenties and thirties, when I'd meet people, they'd say, you know, just comments like that. And it was oh just like, what up, you know? Yeah, that's it's unbelievable. I want to go back to the moment because I think 
and I'm glad that you're embracing it a little bit more because it was such a such an enduring memory for a lot of us. Like me, I said at the top, I was 15 years old. I, I don't know that I can fully paint the picture for our audience of what it was like to get that final out. There's 40,000 people there, Cody, chanting USA, USA, as you deliver that final pitch against that Taiwan team that practically never lost. Explain uh, for our listeners who are 30 or 35 or 28, explain what the accomplishment was like for Kirkland Little League in 1982. Yeah, so um, it started with, you know, our normal, we go down to batting practice and everything. You could just tell there was a buzz, right? Um, And just around the stadium and everything. And um, so we went back to our barracks and uh, we had a little tiny bunk bunk room barracks and mm-hmm. they let the media in there for some reason and there was like 20 25 reporters and you couldn't even really think straight and i was you know obviously nervous and all that so i just put a pillow over my head and, and i just kind of <laughs> kind of drowned them all out didn't take any quite you know didn't yeah. do any of that stuff right um and then we walked you know walked down the stadium and there's you know probably thirty thousand people there and it's you know it's pretty overwhelming for a 12 year old right i mean i had pitched against southern cow with about ten thousand there mm-hmm. so this was pretty overwhelming. Um, and then back in the day in Williamsport, they had the bullpens were underneath the stadium. So I threw hard, right? I threw mid seventies, upper seventies. So you pop it down there, you know, you just, your adrenaline's going and they got the fans. I had a hundred fans just surrounding me and I'm just pumping it in there. So I'm all jacked up. Yeah. And then, um, you get out there to the field and I was so nervous. I couldn't throw a strike for the first, you know, six pitches or whatever. And I don't know what it was, but I just calmed down and kind of was able to tunnel vision it and not think about the fans. And, uh, you know, I hit that home run and the place was absolutely going crazy. And and I think they said is like the people in Williamsport were so used to the U.S. losing to Taiwan that they just never came. Right. So (laughs) there was people I mean, they they saw the score and, they you know, three nothing, four nothing. They started showing up. So by the time we were done, they said there was 40,000 there. So the last inning, I I was, you know, it was pure adrenaline. I mean, I I was just throwing as hard as I could. I was getting mad at my coach because he kept calling curveballs and I just wanted to throw (laughs) it by him. (laughs) You can see that if you watch the game. I'm shaking my head at him. I'm very frustrated with him. Um, but yeah, just that last pitch. I mean, I, thankfully that umpire called that a strike because it was not a strike. But um, I don't. <laughs> I was so nervous. I don't know if I could have could have done it again. But you guys are up six nothing. There was nothing to worry about, right? <laughs> yeah, and you know that last out's always the hardest. Yeah, you know? yeah. And- but yeah, just I, the thing that, that stands out the most for me is just the, the pure adrenaline rush of it all. You know, the people. The yeah, it was just amazing. By the way, I've got the Sports Illustrated piece in front of me. When was the last time yeah. you read that? The kid spits like a grizzled vet. His uniform would swim on any one of about two dozen major leaguers. At the plate, his power has already been compared to that of Dave Kingman. From the mound, he throws Pez, and his curveball looks as if it's falling off of one of the desks at Henry David Thoreau Elementary School, which is where he recently finished sixth grade. Cody Webster, 12 years old, 5'7 half, 174. Is that right? 5'7 half, 174. Yeah. With, the yeah. pecu- with a peculiar nickname of Botus. 
was the yeah. hero of the 36th Little League World Series in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. He pitched a two-hitter, striking out 12, hit the longest home run in the history of the series as Kirkland, Washington, a bedroom suburb of Seattle, defeated Taiwan 6 nothing in Saturday's six-inning championship game. That was the beginning of a huge article in Sports Illustrated. Where, 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 where's the nickname? What, do they, they don't still call you that nickname, Botus, do they? Uh, I have a couple friends, absolutely. That's all they call me. <laughs> what is that? What is Botus? You know, I don't uh, actually Don Cochran's son, Chico, a friend uh-huh. of mine, he, he came up with, I don't know, Botus. Botus. I, I, I have no idea. He came up when I was a little tiny guy. So, I, I didn't know that you were so, ever a little tiny guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By the way, that, that Sports Illustrated article seemed a little dramatic, right? I mean, yeah. that's the kind of stuff. I mean, I mean yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So what do you think when you turn on the television and you see the Little League World Series and you see the big kid that's striking everybody out and hitting home runs? Do you cringe a little bit when you see that? Uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, I, a little bit. I, I cringe on certain things watching it. I cringe when kids are getting upset and, you know, the cameras are on them and like that. And, but no, I mean, these kids nowadays are so polished, you know, and yeah. they, they they know how to handle media. It's it's a little different, I think, but I trust me, I, I cringe all the time yeah. watching it. Yeah. Well, you were in Little League coaching for how many years? 10, 12, 15 years? Yeah, off you got and on, a, probably. And, you, off and, on, and yeah. you heard the parents. Uh, you yeah. heard some of the parents yelling things. What did you do when when you heard a parent that was acting up or you know saying something that he shouldn't have been saying or she shouldn't have been saying? Well, you definitely just confront him, right? But I never really had a problem because we'd have the parent me at the beginning, and they they understood, they respected us, and they knew that they didn't, you know, that that wasn't going to fly. So I never really had to deal with that part. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's crazy parents, right? I mean, base, little league baseball brings out the worst in people for whatever reason. So, um, you know, but I mean, it's all about how you handle them. Do you think that maybe you didn't have to worry about that problem so much with your parents because they knew who you were, who you were and what you had to endure and what you went through. So they respected that maybe hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Well, you know, look, I find myself thankful, Cody, that you have found something of an inner peace to all of this. You so overwhelmingly deserve that. What what you and that group of guys did was amazing. It was unifying. It should be celebrated unconditionally. It just doesn't matter what kind of an 18-year-old baseball player you were. It never did to 99.9% of us, including me. The other 0.1%, they have themselves to look at the mirror. So I'm really happy that you're able to look back upon 82, talk about it a little bit more and feel good about what you accomplished you deserve that so it's great to visit with you again and thanks again for chatting with me this time on mitch unfiltered cody hey mitch i always appreciate you and your show i I really enjoy it thank you here's daniel ceo lindsey schwartz lindsey what can you tell us about daniel's broiler yeah, Mitch, we're super excited to be at 100% capacity finally. The summertime's always a great time of year for us, so, so it's a really exciting time. Now we just need more people to come to work now that we've got the expanded <laughs> demand. We need we need more team members. Now hold on a second. I hear you have a, a new all-star busboy at the Bellevue location named Movie Mogul Max. How's he doing? And tell us a little bit about, more importantly, the positions that you have available and how people go about applying for those. 
those positions. Yeah, you know, Max is doing a, a great job, and everybody likes him, which is surprising, <laughs> you know, based on who his dad is. But, uh, yeah, he's doing great, and, yeah, we need more hardworking people like him out there. We've got lots of opportunities at every location, whatever people want to do. There's jobs in the kitchen, front of house, servers, bartenders, bussers, front desk. So, really, it's anything, and, and we've got part-time, full-time, looking for people who just want to come and uh, get some shifts during the summer or make a career with us. Anything goes right now. Danielsbroiler.com. And tell us about the old-fashioned mixer on Amazon. How's that doing? And I understand there's maybe an expansion of sorts. Yeah, it's been amazing the success that we've had with the old-fashioned mixer on Amazon these past few months. And uh, we're launching three more varieties, a whiskey sour, a Kentucky mule, a lavender martini. Those should all be up on Amazon any minute if they're not already. And uh, also you'll be able to now find them on the shelves at all of the QFC stores. Okay, so great news from Daniel's Broiler. And they are looking to hire for all positions, full-time and part-time positions. Go to danielsbroiler.com and click the employment tab we love daniels broiler a world-class steakhouse unfiltered thomas sizing up jones crossover move step back jumper on the way yes Fair catch at the fire boundary. Broke the tackle at the 25. Here he comes into the near field. Open 45. Inside the numbers for the Fresno 40. Chase broke a tackle. 30, 20, 15, 10. My gosh, he's done it again. Dante Pettis takes it to the house. Third straight punt return touchdown game. Episode 155, believe it or not. And our next guest became synonymous with UW Sports over an amazing, I don't know, nearly 40 years? A 40-year run calling the action? We've missed him the last three or four since he retired young. He retired, by the way, at the age of 23, I think. But all of a sudden, I see him in a different kind of a winner's circle. What a nice privilege it is to say hello to Bob Rondo. Hi, Bob. Mitchie, the privilege is all mine. Uh, Great to be with you. How are you? I'm good. How are you? And how have you been? And where have you been, Bob? Where have you gone? (laughs) I've gone right uh, (laughs) right into retirement, stayed home, and uh, fortunately uh, got to go onto the front page of the sports section the other day (laughs) with uh, winning the Long Acres Mile. What what an absolute thrill and a hell of a week. Okay. Now, let's start at the beginning. The other day, I'm reading somewhere that Bob Rondo won the Long Acres Mile, and I'm thinking to myself, who the hell would name a horse after that guy, after that clown, for God's sakes? <laughs> but it wasn't, it wasn't a horse named Bob Rondo. Bo- I didn't even know you were into this. Catch us up on this. I've oh, been doing it for a long time, Mitch. Uh, probably been involved with the uh, better part of two, two and a half dozen horses through the years, dating back to uh, – uh, the 1970s, uh, when I was in Colorado, uh, grew up there, of course. And, uh, um, my folks, when I was in college, moved out of Denver and bought a horse farm up north of town, uh, outside a little town called Longmont. 
and got into the uh, got into the horse business. My dad had always been a, a racing fan, mm-hmm. but uh, never a, an, an owner or a farmer or a manager or anything of that nature. And so, kind of went in and uh, put both feet forward, and they uh, they started racing quarter horses, uh, boarding quarter horses, and had a, a full scale operation up at the farm. And when I was in college, I used to go up there on the weekends and. And help out. My dad had put us to work, uh, and and that's where I got my first exposure to uh, to horses uh, of any kind, and and racehorses in particular. And I, I fell in love with the animals before I fell in love with the game. So, but, all, uh, so all these years, Bob, um, while calling you dub football and doing basketball and all the radio and television stuff that you did over the years, in in between those Saturdays, you were do you were active in the horse racing circuit. Yeah, uh, off and on at times, Mitch. But uh, uh, again, dating back to uh, the the entire time I've been in Seattle, uh, we, we've been involved in in one way or another. Either uh, ownership, uh, dabbled in in some breeding, uh, had been involved in uh, some broadcasting work uh, at uh, both Long Acres and then certainly at Emerald Downs when the, when the track moved. Uh, and as far as owning horses. Uh, been in and out a little bit, but uh, mostly in here over the past seven or eight years. Wow. I don't know anything about horse racing, Bob. Tell me about the horse. I, I know I know the Long Acres Mile is a big deal. Is this like a launching pad? What happens next for this particular horse? Uh, this is uh, more destination, I think, than launching pad, Mitch. The uh, Long Acres Mile has for years been the, the signature event of, of Northwest Racing. And uh, it is, quite frankly, and, and quite literally, it's our Kentucky Derby here. It is the biggest race in the Northwest, always has been. And uh, to, to get a chance to, to run in it uh, has always been a dream, let alone a chance to win it. And uh, and that's what took place the other day. So uh, wow. uh, for background, uh, it was the culmination of his season. He's been racing elsewhere. We, uh, we ran him down at uh, Oaklawn Park in Arkansas. Uh, which is a, a great and historic race meet, uh, massive purse structure down at Oaklawn Park and background had some success there. And then when that meet closed, uh, our trainer, Mike Puich, took the uh, took the stable up to Arlington Park in Chicago and background had a couple of races there, uh, including losing a, a stakes race by uh, just a diminishing nose uh, wow. Wow. <laughs> in his prior start to the Long Acres Mile. And then we were getting ready to uh, to turn him out for a bit of a rest, much as we did last year, and uh, and brought him back here with the uh, the goal of winning the mile, and then kicking him out and let him take a breather, and then we'll try to do it all over again next season. Is this part of the reason I want to get get to your your old days of uh, of of bringing us so many great memories? Is this part of the reason why you quit when you did, Bob, to to rededicate yourself and get back? Get back with the horses from your your days in Colorado? No, not at all. Uh, uh, I, I quit when I thought it was time to quit, Mitch. I was uh, I was ready to go. I I think I always knew that uh, at that moment I would be well aware that the, the time was right and and the time was right to uh, to uh, leave the profession. Uh, I, I thought I did so on on great terms, both personally and 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 from the exterior as well. Um, I, I, I got out when the, the getting was good. And, uh, I, I thank my lucky stars every day that uh, I, I was have missed out on the, the COVID experience as it relates to uh, college athletics. 
uh, some of what is going on now with the name image. It's a it's a rodeo out there. And uh, I'm happy to be on the sidelines huh. watching that. But when I when I did retire, um, you know, we decided to to get a little more involved, try to play at maybe a little higher level than we'd played in the past, and uh, uh, you know set up a, a modest amount of money and committed that to to doing it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it, it's probably more uh, the reverse chicken and egg than uh, yeah. than yeah. I'm than leaving uh, leaving broadcasting to get into horse racing. It uh, it really wasn't that way. But you were still a relatively young guy, Bob. Let's let's say middle aged. You were in your sixties. I don't know. I don't know if you're the type of guy to go back and listen to your broadcasts. I don't know if you were pleased or displeased with your performance over the last few years. I know that we're all our own worst critic. At least I'm the all time example of that, and it's been a huge problem for me. What, what was it about the time that you knew it was right? Was it about where you were in your life? Was it about your professional experiences, your love for the game? What was it, Bob, if you could define it for us? Uh, it's tough to, to put a singular definition on it, but uh, I, I think uh, once there there started to be a little bit of sameness, Mitch, in, in terms of the preparation, in terms of uh, uh, the emotion, and uh, what I was getting out of it uh, versus what I was putting in, mm-hmm. and I, I, th- there was a bit of a tipping point there, and uh, that was th- that was no one's fault. Uh, these things just happened. But uh, one thing I wanted to make sure of when I was uh, when I was ready to step down, I wanted to do so uh, still having some game, if you will, um, not having to be ushered out of the broadcast booth nor tolerated. Uh, in in any way, and uh, I, I think I was still pretty solid uh, when I stepped away. But uh, you know, you as you as you get older, uh, your your mental facility just uh, quite naturally diminishes a little bit. I don't think it was ever obvious in that regard, and I, I'm not implying there's there's some sort of dementia involved here. That that is by no means the case. But uh, just you know, the power of recall. Uh, your ability to to grab words uh, in an instant, those kinds of things. Uh, w- when that starts to uh, fray a bit, uh, it gets you thinking, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it it did for me and got me thinking. And and quite honestly, uh, as I say, my my greatest fear uh, was uh, you know being some sort of emeritus broadcaster, and and we we keep him on just because of no. who he is and no. what he's been. I. I wanted to be kept on the job because I was still good. And, and I, I was very content uh, in the knowledge that, at least in my mind, I was still good when I stepped down. But I was 67 years old, Mitch, and that's uh, certainly, uh, as I put it at the time, uh, that, that's old enough to retire. And, and uh, fortunately, I, I was healthy enough to, to enjoy that retirement. So uh, all good. I, I have never looked back. I have never regretted my decision that's for great. a moment. That's great. That's great. You just used the words, though. You know, I can't let it go. You just used the words tipping point. Uh, are you are you referring to some specific incident along the way, Bob? No, I think it was just a general feeling. Okay. And, and okay. by no means was it a, a burnout situation or okay. anything of that nature, Mitch. It, uh, uh, when the routine becomes a little routine, then you, you have to start asking yourself, uh, you know, are, are you still – as, as committed to this as, as as you should be, and I, I think I always was. I, I was working as hard uh, for my last game as I did for my first one. Yeah. And uh, you know, game day is is what I do miss. 
um, that is irreplaceable. That's that's what you you work for. And when game get their game day comes, there you go. I, I was yeah. about to say game day. Yeah. So <laughs> that'll tell you something. But when when, uh, when game day gets there and and you you feel well prepared and ready, uh, that, that's when the fun is. Uh, the rest of it is yeah, it can be laborious and and. It was getting to be a little bit that way, and uh, frankly, I, I got to the point in my life where I, I don't really have to do this, right? And uh, do I want to do it enough? And and uh, at the end of it all, I, I didn't think I quite wanted to do it enough, and so it was uh, a fitting time to step away. How how closely do you follow it? If you follow it at all, were you surprised that Chris Peterson walked away at his age? I called him and I said, if I had known you were going to leave, I'd have stayed on for another couple of years. <laughs> we uh, we had a good uh, a good chuckle about that, but uh, I I think you can. And and as I told Chris, I said, I get it. I totally totally get it. Um, and and uh, on his scale uh, in that job, it's 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 mine. Uh, you know, exponentially greater uh, for him. And I, I, I get all the commitment and all of that. And Chris was very much into there's a there's a life outside of football. And I've always felt the same way. There's a life outside of broadcasting and have an interest outside of broadcasting. And that that should not be the sole definition of who a person is. Mm-hmm. And I think Chris had those feelings as well. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 I follow it from afar now. I am. I'm still a, a great Husky fan. Uh, you know, we we still go to the games and and do all of that. It's fun to go tailgate and hang out and uh, watch the game as a nice. fan versus as a broadcaster. But it's it's a different sort of feeling. Uh, uh, the broadcast part of it was always for me the the very next best thing to being there. You were a, a accelerated part of the whole show versus just being a, a casual fan, whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, it, it was uh, it was a good time to to uh, go away from it. But uh, I will never be fully away from it at all. And uh, you know, I, I as I did before, I I want the dogs to win as bad as anybody does. You know, I came in 1994, the late stages of 1994, the Don James era had ended, Bob. Uh, I was privileged enough to get to know him and his family a little bit. He was such a sweet man to me in my early days, and that meant a lot to me because it was a kind of a rough go for me when I first came to town. Um, for our listeners that are either not old enough to remember or didn't follow it, what didn't we know? What didn't we know publicly that you could share with us about the great Don James, either as a person or as a coach or some memory that you have? Of him. Oh, there's a lot of them, Mitch. Uh, you just uh, you use the word. Uh, he was, I think, very kind to me. I, I think Don is, uh, has often been portrayed as uh, completely stoic and hardline and all of that. And and that was certainly a side of him. But there was another side as well that that was kind, that was accommodating, that uh, was understanding, that was very very human. Don James had a way better sense of humor. And uh, people might have appreciated, and you you might have uh, mm-hmm. uh, witnessed that firsthand from from time to time. But uh, he, he was far more personable than than people might have assumed he was. Again, from his coaching persona, and uh, uh, in the old days, standing on the tower above it all, and that kind of thing. Uh, there was a lot more to Don James than just uh, just being a football coach. Tremendous family man. 
you know, uh, just a overall really well-balanced human being. Mm. I have two last ones for you. I know people always ask you your favorite football and basketball memory over your whatever 40 years, four decades. So I don't, I don't want to ask the question that everybody else asks. I want to ask a slightly different one. Do you have a favorite call? Do you have one either in basketball and football where you heard it after the fact and you were like, damn, I was good there. Man, I was on point. That's the one I want to know. I wish I did, Mitch, and I, I wish I had a whole lineup for you, but uh, uh, I really don't. Uh, okay. I, I did my, my very best, and I'm, I'm just being honest here, to make every call a, a favorite call. Okay. Uh, and I uh, was uh, so blessed to have a, a chance to do that, but you know, and I'm I'm always asked about uh, about your signature call. Your signature, you know, that is yeah. the pr- presumptive yeah. favorite call. And <laughs> you know, you think back to the Dave Nee, the my oh my's from yeah. from Dave, and those kind of things. Uh, and I intentionally never had a favorite call. Okay, uh, it turned out that I'm identified with touchdown Washington. Yeah. Wow. You know, I stayed up many a night. Many a night thinking that was going to be my oh, signature call. Yeah. You know, if anything, it's it's dyslexic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, Washington touchdown. Uh, uh, but that that became uh, my signature call, I guess. But I always thought to try to just fall back on a signature call in in whatever circumstance was a little bit lazy. And I don't mean to denigrate anybody else who uh, took pride in their signature calls, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, I always tried to figure out a little, a uh, little different something to say. I guess. Well, uh, you know, maybe, maybe signature calls of games. I'd, I'd, I'd listen, listen back to games, yeah. kind of in their entirety, and uh, especially when I thought I had a crummy game. And usually, listening back, it wasn't as bad as you thought it would be. Right. But uh, there, there have been a, a lot of really special games through the years, special moments through the years. And I will tell you before we go, uh, one, one of the, the, the most special moments of all uh, came in the last season uh, prior to the, uh, the, the Apple Cup here in Seattle. It was my last home game, and the university was so, so generous in, uh, in making that an incredibly memorable day for us. But that week, uh, Chris Peterson asked me to come in. And, and speak to the team. Mm. I had never, ever done that. Wow. And uh, he, he wanted me to talk about uh, my history and, and what the Apple Cup meant. And uh, I got to do that and, and go into the team room and spend some time with the entire team. And then very specially when it was over, go out and be kind of a one-man receiving line and shook hands with every every player on the football team walking out of the room. and. Wow. It was a, a treasured and unforgettable moment along the way and a kind of a, a, a fitting moment, I think, uh, at the end of it all. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with us. I'll end with this, and this may fall flat, but I've been known to fall flat both professionally and personally for the last 35 years. <laughs> Take I'll, it easy. On I, <laughs> I'll, I'll leave you with this, Bob. It's funny how our minds work. I have this incredibly random memory of you and me. That's the first thing that pops into my head whenever I hear your name. And I'm not sure that you even would remember it, but I'm going to throw it at you. All right. Steve Sandmeyer and I are coming out of the studio during one of those endless commercial breaks 
that we had during the morning show and we're in the hallway and you were walking into the office and you were absolutely hysterical. You were crying. You were laughing so hard at something that we had just done on the radio. And the only thing that I can remember is, I think it was about Schmitty from Somerville, Massachusetts. Do you remember a character on our show called Schmitty from Somerville, Massachusetts? Absolutely. <laughs> do, do you know the moment that I'm talking? Was it Schmitty and Molly Ringwald? Was it, it was something about Schmitty that made you laugh as you were walking to the hall? You probably have no idea what I'm talking about. I, I remember the Molly Ringwald moment, and that, that certainly could have been it, been it Mitch. I was a... Uh, a very, very faithful <laughs> listener to uh, the morning show, and there were a, there were a lot of moments just like that, and uh, th- that was one of them that uh, <laughs> oh, that we both could remember. That was uh, great looking back. Boy, it's so it's so <laughs> nice to hear your laugh and your voice again. We've missed you. I know that Tony does a fabulous job, and everybody at UW does a great job, and but it's not easy replacing those shoes. I'm happy for your horse racing success as little as I know about all that stuff. And I'm just, I'm just thrilled to hear a, a, an old familiar voice from uh, my past and our past. Thank you so much for being on with us here on Unfiltered, Bob. Mitch, I've always thought you were as good as it gets. And I uh, absolutely salute and applaud you getting up off the mat and uh, carving a uh, a new place for yourself. Congratulations on that. And uh, it's a, an absolute pleasure to be on with you. And without further ado, the owner of Fireside Home Solutions, Sean Waterstrat, who also is the gracious title sponsor of all of our golf pools and the NFL's Beat the Boys competition, which is on the way back. John, how are you? Doing great. Thanks, Mitch, for having me on. Thanks for being back on. Summer's kind of getting away from us. We need to make decisions now. You're going to give us the reasons why. Fireplace season will be here before you know it. Yeah, we've been spoiled in the Northwest with this beautiful weather, but just around the corner, that cold chill will be out there, and uh, we want to get our houses ready for to keep us nice and cozy warm. With that being said, it's a good time to make decisions right now. The industry is a little bit variable. We're seeing lots of things go up and down, whether it's price or whether it's stock. So, you know, if you're ready to find that fireplace and ready to do this project, uh, let us know, and we'll get you on the schedule immediately so you can get it just in time for that cold chill. How many showrooms do you have these days? at Fireside Home Solutions up and down the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, we try to make it conveniently located for everyone. So we have our flagship store there in Bellevue. Love that store. Uh, Our Kent store will be moving to Auburn. So we'll be having a nice grand opening, opening a new store in Tacoma. And then we have the two great stores in Portland over there in Beaverton and in Tualatin. We're ordering a new outdoor unit from you guys. And Brian was here just the other day helping. It's nice to go to the showroom. But what I love about you guys is your team comes to the home to develop the perfect strategy. Yes, we do, Mitch. And, and it's one of the benefits of going with Fireside. You can definitely come into one of our showrooms. If you don't have time, we can do in-home sales with you. But we're always going to come out to your house. We're going to have a great measurement done. Make sure we're talking the same language. Make mm-hmm. sure you're doing those final details. So when our installers get out there, they can get that fireplace installed and you can be enjoying it as soon as they get done. What's the lag time these days for units that you don't have in stock? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, it can vary out there. Like we said, there's no better time than making a decision right now. Some things are taking up to six to sometimes 12 weeks. But uh, again, if you're looking at something that's in stock, we can get you done in two to three weeks. Fireside Home Solutions has been a terrific partner with all the great contests and they are the best in the Northwest. If you're you're in the market for a new fireplace, firesidehomesolutions.com. 
Well, I've been teasing a big announcement for weeks here on Mitch Unfiltered from my main man, Jordan Flowers, J-Flow, and his Kirkland Mortgage team. I can wait no longer. Our listeners can wait no longer. No more teasing. Jordan Flowers joins us now to tell us what's up. Hi, Jordan. Lay the news on us. Hey, Mitch. Hey, phenomenal job keeping things quiet here the last couple of weeks, but setting out a tease. My entire Kirkland team, including my production team, myself, have moved to Cross Country Mortgage, a powerhouse in the mortgage business, a little bit larger than even the previous company we were at. And <laughs> we are excited to be here. <laughs> Cross Country Mortgage now is the place, but it's the same old team. What does that mean for Mitch Unfiltered listeners in terms of service? You know, it's an opportunity for everybody here to just take service to the next level with the clients, control more of the process from start to finish, quicker turn times, more products for both our clients and our partners financial advisors, real estate agents to offer more buying opportunities and refinance opportunities for them. So everybody here is excited. And rates are dropping. Rates are dropping. Yes. The Fed kind of put in this silly little half adjuster uh, late last year that impacted refinancing. They got rid of that about a Friday ago. So rates are actually back down into the mid to upper twos on refinances. So anybody that thought they might have missed out on a 30 year fixed in the twos, now might be the opportunity and time to give us a call. How's the old team feeling about your entire group changing teams? Well, you know, I love everybody back there and <laughs> they were, they've been great to me and they got great things still to come. Uh, they will be missed. They will be missed. And hopefully uh, I am missed. Rates are dropping. They are still the same old team that gets you the best numbers on a refinance or a new purchase. No longer the old guys. Now Cross Country Mortgage and Jordan Flowers team. And the phone number where we find you, Jordan, still the same. The same cell phone, right? That cell phone will not change. 425-890-2957. Cross Country Mortgage. A new and terrific partner of Mitch Unfiltered. Unfiltered. Episode 155, hope you all enjoyed all three interviews with very, very popular people. Cody Webster and yep. Slick Hawk and Bob Rondo, the voice of the Huskers, oh, the voice of the dog. That's quite the trio Touchdown right there. Touchdown Washington. Touch, I haven't heard anyone do a great Touchdown impression of him. Touchdown Washington. Is that your impression? No. He's no. got kind of a tough voice to do. I've been listening to the guy for, what, 35 years? I can't, <laughs> I, can't, I can't find that range of his voice. Anyway, you want me to go first? Hold on a second. You're telling me that a group. <laughs> <Not yet. laughs> okay. Okay. All right, officials at an Italian aquarium yeah. said a, a baby smoothhound shark Jeez. was born in a tank in which only females are kept in what might be the first documented case of asexual reproduction for the species. Now, as you know, everything I know in life, I learned from watching movies. Yes. And as the great Dr. Ian Malcolm told us in Jurassic Park, if I you never remember. Saw it, never saw it. But I know it was a, um, what's the guy's name? Pretty, pretty impressive uh, producer, Steel, Steven Spielberg. 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 You heard of he him? He did a few things. Yeah. He did a few things. Yeah. So the, the doctor in Jurassic Park says, uh, well, I'm not going to do an impression of him, but <laughs> I kind of want to. <laughs> if there's one thing that the history of evolution has taught us, it's that life will not be contained. Life breaks free. It expands to new places and crashes through the barriers, painfully, perhaps even dangerously, but, uh, well, there it is. And then you say, you're telling me that a group Primarily made up of females. You say primarily. Yeah, composed entirely. Composed yeah. entirely. Yeah. Composed yeah. entirely of females. Is going to breed? 
No, I'm, I'm simply saying that life uh, finds a way. And he was freaking right. These sharks somehow found a way. These no, females. They didn't. I don't believe it. It's a real thing. I'm telling you. The aquarium officials suspect the shark was born via a process Not known as. It. You're telling me all female sharks, they breathe. Somehow they found a way. Well, it, this, this process it involves a polar cell which contains a duplicate of an egg's DNA, fertilizing the egg in the absence of sperm. It's a real process. And he was right the whole time, Dr. Wow. Ian Malcolm. Life know. finds a way. I'm really impressed by that. No, you're not? Okay, moving You should on. be impressed with the way I delivered my line. That was pretty That's good. That's what yeah. you should be, should be impressed bad. about. All right, I'll do three. We did East Lake Little League from Sammamish, right? Mm-hmm. We did that Eli Jones, little Eli Jones, little tiny Beast. Eli Jones yep. is my Mitch Unfiltered Athlete of the Week. Congratulations. American sprinter Shakari. <laughs> He's right up there with the guy who slapped the other guy in the face. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think every male fits somewhere between those two on the planet, right? Little Eli and the guy who smacks people for a living. Sorry, it made me laugh. Amer- <laughs> That'd be quite the mixer. <laughs> American sprinter Shakari Richardson or Shakari Richardson returns to the track. I now, I recall, <laughs> now, everybody who knows Shikari Richardson, right? The American star, not allowed to compete in the Olympics Sprinter. because she tested, tested positive for marijuana, right? Mm-hmm. Did a little, little weed, yes. right? And we said what? At the time that this happened, we said that her popularity and endorsements, from an endorsement and popularity standpoint, she'll never be more more popular and famous and intriguing than she is right now that yep. now she should she should not want to compete in the Olympics because <laughs> right. she can only ruin right. people all love her I mean it's a, it's a little weed right well, we yeah, all it, love her and by the way she was actually really good and she had a chance to win gold so people yeah. are like the little the yeah. little runner that, that could and yeah. we'll, we'll never know so the whole right so the whole world <laughs> rallied to her support which made her this incredibly sympathetic figure and we said don't run. <laughs> right. You're going to blow it. She ran. She did. Would you like to know where she finished? Yes, please tell me again. Dead effing last. <laughs> Gosh, I know. In Eugene, Oregon at the, at the what was the name of the guy that had the movie Prefontaine? named? Prefontaine? Uh, Starring Prefontaine. the Gras? Starring- <laughs> Remember that movie? <laughs> Starring Calabro and everyone else besides you? Why were you invited to be in that movie? Come on. Okay, fine. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when I went and I did, I did audition for that movie, by the way. Are you serious? Yeah, here's what I did. You're telling me <laughs> yes. that a group in, made up entirely – see, I messed the, I yeah, messed the line yeah, up for yeah, them yeah. too. That's, made up entirely of females is going to breathe? Yeah. Uh, yeah, she finished dead last in Eugene, Oregon. And, she, and so am I right in saying that the women that got gold, silver, and bronze in the Olympics were all Jamaican? I don't know. Probably. I, they have a great team. I think they were. Year. And I think Shikari beat all three of them prior to the Olympics. So that's why everyone. That was a thought, long time ago. So it was the weed. I, I guess so she's been sitting weed. around eating cereal, smoking Dor- yeah. Doritos. That's right. Gosh. Hope she didn't eat the TikTok Dorito, the famous now TikTok Dorito. Are you familiar with that? The twenty thousand dollar Dorito. The forty thousand. Oh, was it forty? Well, it was twenty, and then they matched it. Yeah, the the Jeez. perfectly puffy tor- uh, uh, Dorito. Yeah. yeah. All right. My other one here is the this Bill Russell story is both sad but funny at the same time. Okay. Our buddy Bill Russell, the greatest champion of all champions. Yep. And I don't mean the Bill Russell that played like shortstop for the Dodgers in the 1970s and 80s. Okay. Talk about a different Bill Russell here. He's selling his longtime Mercer Island home, a 4,250 square foot home that he's lived in for 50 years. Wow. And he has decided to leave some of his memorabilia in the house for the buyer to improve the, improve the value of the house. Sure. Here was his quote, and I, I get a kick out of this, and you're going to understand why I think you're going to remember 
I have left behind, this is his quote, I left behind my trophy case and an autographed ball. He never signed, by the way, for any, any you, you went up to Bill Russell and asked him to sign an autograph, he would never do it. Huh. He was known for not signing. I have left behind a trophy case, my trophy case, and an autographed ball from the next owner, and I hope that they enjoy the home as much as I have over the last 50 years. I will miss the privacy, the peaceful tranquility, and the views of Lake Washington, but most of all, my hot tub. <laughs> now, why is that funny to me? Well, he's welcome to get another hot tub, right? If he no, moves, that's no. Not why it's funny, but that's 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 a cute that's a cute well, I mean, angle he, to it. Well, yeah, you don't there's have to actually, miss a hot tub. You can buy it. Actually, one. you'd have to know. There's actually a reason why that's funny. To okay. Me. I interviewed Bill Russell one time. Okay. On KJR. I used to do a radio show in town. I heard that. And on the morning show, we got Bill Russell, who never wanted to do any interviews. We got Bill Russell to come on the Mitch in the Morning Show. Okay. And right away, we could sense that something was going on. And he, he admitted, I'm in my hot tub. Okay. <laughs> he did the interview from the aforementioned hot, the only interview I ever did to. He said, I'm in my, remember his laugh? <laughs> oh, yeah. He's got a great laugh. He was in yeah. the, you could hear him. You could hear the bubbles. You could, oh. hear the, you could hear the jets going at the same time. You should have asked to come the, over and I do had, the show from see there. See this box right here? It's in there somewhere. The Bill Russell. Oh, and of course, I'm not allowed to play it because right. it's not my property. Why don't you but, buy the house and you can have the famous hot tub and all the. But I still can't play the interview. That's true. Still need uh, KJR's permission. So he's leaving a bunch of memorable, like. Yeah. That's, I'm sure some Microsoft exec will buy it and like put it all on eBay or throw it away and not care about no, sports at all. No, what will happen is hopefully because um, because we're good people, somebody yeah. will come in with a lot of money and buy it and then give it back to him. That would be nice, yes. I know the people that bought Kurt Cobain's house are like two software. Yeah. They probably didn't well, I, never heard, even heard of Nirvana. Well, I told you about the um, javelin thrower who won silver in the Olympics, the woman javelin thrower from yeah. Poland, maybe? Raising money. She immediately, upon winning the silver medal, auctioned it off yeah. to raise money for a little boy who needed a heart transplant. Yep. And some company came in and bought it and then gave it back to her. Very nice. That's the right thing that's, to do. That's right. the way to do it. Yeah. yeah. All right. There's been talks about a possible foot race between... Um, Don't tell me Tyreek Hill and yes, who? Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill and yes. Usain Bolt. You already knew about this. Well, this has been going on for a long time. Yeah, but like Dan Patrick's trying to like really get this going. They're, they're... Well, there was a discrepancy or there was a controversy over how far. A Bolt won't run the 40. doesn't want to run a 40-yard dash against yeah. him. But Tyreek Hill doesn't want to run 100 meters. Yeah, so they've come to 70. Is it 70? That's what they're okay. talking about. Okay. Okay. But Dan Patrick suggested that Hill put up his Super Bowl ring. Dan Patrick? They were on Dan Patrick's show or one of them was. Yeah, he's, he's in the middle Since of this. Since when does Dan Patrick have a Super Bowl ring? No, no. <laughs> Dan Patrick <laughs> put up Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill Super Bowl. Okay. But when Bolt has to put up one of his gold medals, so that's pretty high stakes, right? A Super Bowl ring and a gold medal. Holy and, shit. I know. And the track star said I don't think either one of them are going to do that. Bolt said he's fine with it. And Hill said he'd be up for it too. So well, who, Bolt's got like 12 others, right? True, yes. How many gold medals is he? Uh, maybe not. You still don't want to get rid of a gold medal. That's a pretty cool but thing. But if you've got if you've got five others, I mean, Tyreek yeah. Hill's got one Super Bowl ring. Yeah, that's a big stakes. Now the question is, who do you got? You have to bet on a 70-yard race. How now, long? Bolt doesn't run anymore, just so you know. He's retired. I know, I know. But when is this race going to happen? I, I don't know. There's no date or anything. But there, Well, that's important to me. Like, if it's going to be a year from now. I see. Like, I, I like Usain Bolt. In the 70? I don't know. I like Usain Bolt in anything. So fast. I like Usain Bolt from here to the to the dinner table. I like Usain Bolt. I like the world class sprinter. Yeah. I may be wrong, but I like the world. I'll take the world class sprinter. Terrell Owens decided to weigh in. I don't know if anyone wants his opinion, but he said definitely take Bolt in this. Trust me. And I'm available to sign. He still wants to come back. He's trying to make a comeback at yeah. 47. He was no good when he was here 
His last like three weeks of his NFL career, he was here, right? Wasn't he? Yeah. Do you remember when he? It was a preseason game. I think against Denver. Yeah. And he had a touchdown. Yeah. He dropped it, and yes. that was like the yeah. final <laughs> nail, wasn't it? That he might have made the team actually, but he dropped uh, that pass. All right. The Milwaukee Brewers have a new minority owner. Do you know who it is? I do. The Greek freak has uh, invested a lot of his new contract or some of his new contract. He's now a part owner of the baseball team in Milwaukee. Antonio Brown is punching the opponents in the face. Did you see it? I saw the still, but I didn't see the video. Did he connect in the still? He sure did. Yeah, I don't think I want to fight Antonio. By the way, that guy should have had his helmet on. Like, where was his helmet? Why would Antonio Brown took it off. He did. I yeah. haven't seen the video. Ripped off the helmet oh. and then landed a left cross. LeBron James is sensi poo. Why Uh-oh. is he sensi poo? Ten anonymous executives in the NBA uh, voted for their great, best player currently in the NBA, and none of them, 0 for 10, took the aging LeBron James, and he's sensitive about that. Yeah. Thanks for giving me a reason to play. Thanks, you know, like, he, thanks for giving me now the Now he's motivation. got a chip on his shoulder? I got a chip on my shoulder. Oh, boy. They, uh, they all picked either the Greek freak in Milwaukee or Kevin Durant as the best player in the NBA. Who's your vote? You have a vote. You watch that of those two, league. I do watch No, them. of anyone. It's not LeBron James, though, right? I guess. No, I don't think so yeah, anymore. Okay. I don't think so anymore. Yeah. You watch it closer it's than probably I do. That's the why freak. I'm it's probably the Greek freak. It's pretty good. Yeah, he is pretty good. Yeah, it's not he a, does some things that are yeah. <laughs> not a bad and, vote. Uh, my last one for this segment, oh, not, or at least for now, until you, I flip it back to you. Uh, the Washington football team in the NFL has eight finalists in terms of their new nickname. Oh. Apparently, they're down to three of these eight, but we don't know which three they're down to. But okay. it's of these eight. Would you like to hear them? Of course. The Washington Armada, yes or no? Washington Armada. Of the NFL. I'm lukewarm on that. The Washington Presidents. Mm, it's kind of weak. The Washington Brigade. Although if you had a Senators, I guess Presidents would be better. But Brigade's fine. Oh, that's okay. Washington Red Hogs. Red Hogs? Yeah. I think that's a, an Army, uh, um, an Air Force. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I, yeah. I think. I, I think you're right about that. I may be wrong. Okay, that's fine. Maybe making that up. The Washington Commanders. Mm. The Washington Red Wolves. Don't know what that is. Well, a Red Wolf is a type of wolf. Plain. Or a type of wolf. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. In, uh, in danger, the, by And way. the Washington Defenders. Washington Armada, <sighs> President's Brigade, Red Hogs, Commanders, Red Wolves, Defenders. I like one other one better. Okay. I like what it is now, the Washington football team. Just keep that? Yep. Yeah, don't they do that in soccer, too? Yep. I, I like it. I like. I, I never thought I would, but I do. There's something about it I like. None if of I was a Washington football team fan, I, my vote would be to keep it as the Washington football team. I don't know why. Yeah, none of these are jumping out at me as definitely better than the Washington football team. They're all kind of, eh, they're okay. I don't. I, I think I like Brigade if I had to pick one. Washington Brigade the sounds Washington pretty Brigade. cool, pretty okay. tough. But okay. what would, what the hell would the, would the logo be for Brigade? I don't know. Yeah, I don't come know up either. with something. All right, the FAA just hit a milestone, a bad one, in the total amount of penalties they've dished out thus far in 2021. You know, people are just losing their mind on planes. Yeah, and I, it's, yeah. I had to ta- I had to duct tape my my neighbor <laughs> on the way back from Florida. That's smart, yeah. yeah. There have been three thousand eight hundred eighty nine reports of unruly behavior this year. By the way, this year it's August, and many of these ridiculous passengers have been socked not only in the face at times, but also with huge fines. Most of the in flight eruptions involve you know mask wearing, also a bunch of alcohol related disturbances. For example, a JetBlue passenger was fined. $45,000 for throwing objects, including his carry-on Jesus. at another passenger lying on the aisle floor, then ah. grabbing a flight attendant by the ankles oh my God. and putting his head up her skirt. Lovely. What? Yeah. $45,000 he was fined. Now, that's, that's an expensive flight. I hope it was worth it for him when he got to Disneyland. 
A murder hornet's nest was found in oh, Blaine, Washington. Doing this again? People are going to get pissed off at us. <laughs> they get so mad. Thanks for the fear mongering. You don't think they've been mad already in the yeah, show? That's true. <laughs> Sorry. Fair point. Once they're mad, they're mad. <laughs> I'm just telling you, murder hornet nest, first nest of its <sighs> kind, found in 2021. The first nest in 2021 in Blaine, well, not far from where we live. So you could go oh, outside yeah. and see a murder hornet anytime soon. They're, they are they are incredible looking things. They're very, what's the, they're, um, I don't know. They're, they're just, just the look of them. They're, yeah. uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I can't come up with it. <laughs> well, what, what does it mean? They're mean scary, looking, scary. Just kind of scary looking, yeah. but there's a Villainous, better word for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Evil. It's, yeah. it's like, it's like a, a comic book artist drew up the scariest thing he could. And I mean, there it's it is. Yeah, just pretty scary. Freaky. Yeah. Oh, I got big news for you. Oh, oh, I forgot. I got big news okay. for you. And actually, I sent, I sent this news to you via your text, and you, and you did respond for the people that think that you're unfunny. Yeah. You did respond with one of the funniest things I've ever read. Oh, thank you. I wrote to you when the news came out this week that the only, only fans website, are you familiar with it? We've talked about it, yes. The only fans website for the people that are, I mean, there are 130 million users of this thing. And during the pandemic, this thing became huge. Blew up. Yep. Blew up. Where just normal people, housewives, men, women, couples, yep. they can do R and X rated things and generate income through subscription. Yep. Subscribe to my page and you can see me doing what we do in That's our right. house. Right? Only for fans. And it, for only fans. Mm -hmm. And it became a humongous money-making venture for not only people around the country and the world, you know, just individuals, but the company itself. Yeah. Well, they made a big announcement. No more sexually graphic, what, what is it, explicit. No more explicit sex. You can be naked. You could be nude. Do what you got to do. Oh, but okay. as soon as it becomes sexually explicit, like the act, okay. we're banning it. And the reason they're banning it, people... People on this, the 130 million users or whatever, the the, the people that are making a lot of money doing this, yeah. they're all pissed off because the reason that they're banning it is they're trying to raise capital. They're trying to raise more money for the company and the people that they've gone to, the companies, oh. the corporation they've gone to, they don't want anything to do with anything with explicit gotcha. sexual content. So no more sex, nudity, yes, no more sex. If you're and I, So what's funny is I, I sent this to you and I wrote something like, Bad news, hotshot, for the wives of Snoqualmie Ridge, yeah. which I thought was humorous. Yeah, it's good. And you wrote what? Well, it's also bad news for our bank account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, I wish uh, we that were was pulling in funny. that kind of money. Yeah, I hope uh, this. I hope this move doesn't come back to bite them in the ass. <laughs> they're just gonna find another website. There, there are, are. Isn't that right? They're just all gonna. Someone's gonna create a new one, and they're just all gonna go to another one. It'll just continue. It's so I think it's, it's a silly move by OnlyFans. They're gonna well they, if they're raising see. money for what though? For what kind of content now? I mean, <laughs> what what brought people there? We can act like it doesn't bring people to websites, but it does. So oh, yeah, we'll anyway, see. Though I thought I'd share that with you. An iconic estate that once belonged to the late Catherine Graham. That name ring a bell? Sure. Catherine really? Graham from the Washington Post. You Catherine are Graham? correct. Yeah. Her family owned the paper and she yep. ran it forever. Yep. It hits the market for the first time in 50 years. Now, the Martha's Vineyard property known oh. as 
Mohu sits on 50 acres near Woo! the coveted Lambert's Cove. It includes, it includes a five-bedroom beach house. Not not the main house. No, the, this would be a five-bedroom beach house when, okay. when you don't want to walk from the beach to the house and you need to lay down for a nap. God. You got your own beach house there. A one-bedroom caretaker's cottage, tennis court, and 860-foot nice. private beach. Nice. 860. If you get a lot on a lake, you get 30 or 60 feet. 860 feet of, of beach. The whole shebang is going for $39,500,000. Do you realize the kind of Ooh. content that we could record at that place for uh, <laughs> Holy Fans? That's right. By the way, you'll be happy to know she bought it for $1.46 million. Pretty good little profit. And right how much there. is it uh, on? Uh, almost 40. $39.5 million. Wow. Bought it in 1972. And you'll also be happy to know that your buddy, The Weeknd. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, he just bought a $70 million house. Jesus. Yeah. The guy you've never heard of. Just no, I've heard of a them. massive Bel Air estate for seventy million dollars. You need to do a a Patreon show on the weekend. He wanted the house so badly that the people weren't selling. But who's going to turn down seventy million dollars? So There's always a number. They said it's all yours. There's always a number. Enjoy, big boy. ESPN <laughs> fans, hot shot were on their ear on Saturday because they were watching ESPN and there was some time in between one of their scheduled programs and the next schedule. I guess maybe the one event ended early and they had some extra time okay. so they played on the i'm not talking espn 2 i'm not talking about espn news on the main espn you know what they showed what corgi races you know what's funny about that <laughs> my brother-in-law in arkansas yes texted me he, he said is this my cousin michelle at a corgi well, you're race beating me to the punch but, Okay, go ahead. So the Corgi race. I never heard of this until no, no one had ever heard of it. We're watching ESPN on a Saturday, and here come the Corgi race. Right. And, and as it turns out, people went crazy. They were like, yes, yes, we love the Corgi race. <laughs> and it's pretty but cute. But what you didn't know is it comes from Emerald Downs. <laughs> I know. Crazy, right? <laughs> next thing you know, Bob Rondo's going to be in the winner's circle. Maybe he'll be running next to one of the dogs. <laughs> God. And uh, I, I know that you want to know this, so I'll tell you. Oh, I had the name of the winner. And oh, I you know. do? I did. Because it, it, From Auburn, Washington. Oh, okay. Not a Kirkland. They had, they had the rundown of everybody. But I think my wife's cousin is like <laughs> one of them. The, one of the corgis? That's right. She's related to a corgi. Yeah, by the way, can we stop on the uh, – when I watched the Little League World Series, can we stop with the boner pill commercials? The boner pill Like commercial? Viagra commercials or I what? Even, I didn't notice. Oh. Yeah. Really? We're watching Little League World Series. We gotta there's no other commercial. Don't you tell can... me it's Frank Thomas saying <laughs> and she'll love it too. No, it's not, but just as bad. Like, come on, oh. they're twelve year old kids. What are we doing here? All right, you want a quick RIP? Don Everly. No, not really. Oh, you know yeah, that name? The Everly Brothers. You are correct. The last remaining member of the Everly Brothers. I got Graham right. I got Everly right. I got Van Halen right. Oh. I got Manny Lee Roth right. You're on fire. Yes, you did. Yes, yes. The duo that had a profound influence on a new, I mean, the Beatles, everybody. He passed away Saturday at his home in Nashville. The cause of death isn't known yet, but you even, you know, all the, all their hits, right? No. Bye Bye Love. You, uh, you lost that love that would be the feeling. righteous brothers <laughs> <laughs> sorry wrong brothers sorry everly what about bye bye knew- love and then uh, dun, 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 all i have to do is dream <laughs> yeah that one dream 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 wake up little Susie. i mean oh, come sure. on they have a ton yeah sure his brother phil died Maybe in 2014 but listen to this 84 year old don is survived by his wife his mother and his four children. His mother? What's his mother doing still alive? I thought that was a typo. I had to look it up. She's 102 and she's still living. Well, she had him and she had him at 16. 
Well, if I, he was I mean, 86, you say 84, 86. He's 84. 18. Yeah, eight, right. right. She's still alive. So still anyway, alive. rest in peace to Don Everly. I was watching one of the highlight shows, and I don't know that it was ESPN, one of the highlight shows, and this is going to be very random. I got very random for you. Okay. They were just describing something that had happened earlier that day, and I watched it, and I was like, and I knew about it. It's not, nothing obscure. Okay. But I had to just rewind it and write down for you because it's just so stupid. Okay. It's so stupid. And I know we've brought this up a million times. I'm going to make it a million and one because it's it's just something we never thought in our lives we'd ever hear. And now we just accept it as fact. It's so stupid. I wrote down the actual quote from the anchor who was doing the highlights. Okay. Here's what he said. All right. Shohei dominated on the mound over eight innings to improve to eight and one with a 2.79 ERA and all while hitting his 40th home run of the season, the league's lead. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to listen to that again and write that down. Th- th- that's just stupid. Yeah, it is. He he dominated on the mound over eight innings to improve to eight and one with a 2.7 ERA and hit his 40th home run in the same game. Okay. We, we, th- I agree that we're not as you, impressed as we should be. You, you see that? It's like every fifth night that he pitches – Something like that comes on, and we go, oh, okay. Yeah, there you and, go. And we have another Cheeto. <laughs> that's right. It's yeah. like, no, that's the most stupid thing we've ever heard. Yeah, I know. It's impossible. We should wake up every morning and be impressed by that. Every morning. Every morning. Every morning. Just like the drummer for ZZ Top's last name being Beard. Every we morning. We should wake up every morning and be impressed by that. You're telling me that a group of females. <laughs> that's right. No, no, no. Close. Well, I think that was right. A group Made up entirely of females. Comprised, I think, yes. Comprised, uh-huh. yes. Got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's going to breed? It's going to breed? Yeah. Life uh, finds a way. <laughs> he was right. All right, This I don't know why this kind of bums me. Fred, you know Fred Goldman, the yeah, dad of Ron yeah, Goldman? Yeah, yeah. He still wants the Heisman. He's still looking to collect on the massive judgment against Should. OJ. Should be. So there's new court docs which show a Nevada judge has ordered Simpson to meet with Fred's attorneys to discuss his employment, property, and funds. Yeah. I just can't believe that he still has to meet up and do the lawyers and yeah. the guy who killed your son. Gotta I do mean, it. Gotta do it. I, I agree that he should, but who needs it? I mean, what, 25 or 27 years later, you got to meet up with this guy who you're convinced killed your son? I mean, God, I just feel sorry for Ron I think Goldman. that's why they make lawyers. But. Yeah, I guess, but just still having to go through all this guy. God, all right, that let me sucks. See. Let me see. I got. I think. I, I think I got it all. I did Dwayne Brown. I did Jamal Adams. I did East Lake. I did Shakari Richardson. I did Bill Russell. We did Antonio Brown. We did LeBron James being Sensi Poo. We did Washington Football Team. We did Corgi races. <laughs> yes. Um, we did Only Fans and the Housewives of Snoqualmie Ridge. We did Murder Hornets. I guess there's really only one thing I haven't done on my list, and then you can finish us off. Quick one about a woman who's. Uh, she's a TikTok. No, I, I have one. Oh. I had one more. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I only have one more. Britney Spears is swinging at the help. Have you seen? I think I saw a headline. I, I can't yeah. dig into this whole Britney Spears thing. Yeah, it's too it, much. It's way too much. But yeah. it's, not, it, it's, it's not at all associated with the whole... With their conservatorship. It's right, not no, that. No, okay. no. She just swung at somebody. She came home <laughs> okay. and uh, she got mad at a, at a worker. Okay. And apparently she took a swing. Really? Yeah. Knocked the phone right out of her hands. And she, the the, per, the the person, of course, got right into the, right into the car and went to the authorities. Oh, she, oh boy! She's she's being she's being accused of swinging at the help. And there's going to be a lawsuit potentially. Don't know, or some probably. Kind of, yeah. Oh, Brittany just can't stay out of trouble, can she? No. I just wish people would leave Brittany no. alone. 
I guess you can't, I like you, you can't hit people. I've always been a Britney Same fan. Same here. I like Britney. Big fan. Yeah. I know. I'm just rooting All right, you for can, it. You can have the floor to the end. As do you a- have any jokes to do at the end? I don't know if I'm going to do them. As yep. Avery <laughs> Ovard was stretching and warming up for her workout, she was approached by a man she estimated to be in his 40s. The interaction posted on TikTok and viewed one point, well, probably two million times now. Yeah. It showed her declining to give the man her phone number after, after he asked for it. An unidentified man asked her if she was making a video at the start of the TikTok before walking away. A few minutes later, he came back and asked for her name and phone number to take her out to dinner. She says, oh, I'm sorry. She's 19. Uh, I'm too young for you. To which he said, oh, yeah, well, I'm too rich. And then he got embarrassed and walked away. And it's all caught on video. This guy trying to hit on a 19-year-old. That was his response. He's in his 40s. She's 19. Tried to ask her number. She said, I'm sorry, you're too old for me. He says, oh, I'm too rich. And then walked away. And Mitch Levy hasn't been seen in the gym since. (laughs) (laughs) She added the caption. By the way, there's only two faults with that. (laughs) A, I'm not in my 40s. And B, I'm not too rich. Other than that, you got it exactly right. What about the workout part? Do you work out still? (laughs) She's basically saying, just leave women alone. We don't want to be photographed at the gym. We don't want to be stared at. Just learn to leave people alone. All right, real quick. An Apple II computer manual signed by the company co-founder Steve Jobs in 1980. He autographed it. Sold for $787,000. A stupid Apple II manual that he signed. That's a 196-page manual. Somehow collected $787,000. So there you go. All right. You want the last final one? Sure. Sure. Why not? I don't know, man. I'm not. I'm Why not, not? I'm not feeling it. I don't know. People this is uh, this is for who? Jim and Furcrest. And again, I'm trying to go clean because people, you know, they don't. They've they've spoken about. I don't know the that Jim's. And, yeah, Jim's. He didn't like the urethra thing. Yeah, and but all he, that. he but he also just said overall unfunny. Unfunny, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Which that is it was, bad news for me. I don't know that Jim was asking you to clean it up and still do it. I think he was Some asking people you not, not to do it. Some people have. I've all right, seen so no urethras. Urethras are out. No, no, no. Florida men and urethras are out. Boy, I got nothing left. I'm going to leave. <laughs> Accountant Kate starred on TLC's Extreme Cheapskates, where yeah. she explained the weird and wonderful ways she saves money. Sure. She admits that she hates spending money, and she's an accountant, keep in mind. She hasn't purchased new underwear since 1998. She lives in New York, one of the most expensive cities in the world, but manages to spend just $200 a month on living expenses. To put that into perspective, the average cost of living in the city before rent is around $1,300. When she washes her hands in public bathrooms and dries them with the hand towels, she keeps the hand towels and dries them out and reuses them. She has never paid money for furniture and instead sources it from dumpsters and off the street and does the same for food. Her bed is made up of old yoga mats and she has piled up to make a mattress and she uses magazines as a dining table. She has a job. She's an accountant. Perhaps the most mind-boggling money-saving trick Kate uses is no toilet paper. She says, I don't use toilet paper. Well, that doesn't gross you out. You don't take showers. She says, I don't use toilet paper. I just use water and soap to wash myself off. More importantly, after... Okay, hold on. What does she put the water and soap on? A washcloth? I don't know. She probably doesn't buy washcloths. A she magazine? might just hop in the shower. Just use a magazine. Maybe one, a yoga mat. I don't know. More importantly, after not buying new undies for 23 years, think oh, of all geez. the money she saves on dates. <laughs> Tell me she only showers twice a week and I'm leaving my wife. <laughs> She's not the first accountant to be cheap. In fact, you know how copper wire was invented, don't you? Two accountants were arguing over a penny. That's not true. You never heard that? <laughs> no. I guarantee you sleeping on yoga mats is way more comfortable than a stupid futon I slept on in my 20s. <laughs> I'm not impressed. <laughs> and finally, when accountant Kate gets really hungry, you know what she does? She'll occasionally cook the books. 
I'm trying to keep it clean and corny. That's the best I got. <laughs> All right. I'm going to see my sister. I'm leaving. I've got one last thing to say to you before you go. Oh, boy. You're telling me. Close. No, not close. I haven't done it yet. You're telling me that a group comprised entirely of females is going to breed? It's good. I like that you did it in your own words. It's good. What are you, my own words? Is that the line? What's the line? You're implying that a group oh, composed implying. entirely of females will breed? Okay. That was pretty. Come on. No, I'm simply saying that De Niro life, doesn't uh, stay to the script. Why should leave him? De Niro uses cards. He can barely even... Have you seen the outtakes of him and Rickles on Casino? No. It's awesome. There's some outtakes. Yeah. He's literally holding a card. Don's like, just memorize the damn line so we can get out of here, oh. please. It's pretty funny. You should go look him up. Oh, that's it. Episode, you have anything else to say? Episode 155? That's it. To the 19-year-old, I'm sorry, and I'm really not that rich. Episode <laughs> 155. Maybe more. Is in the place. <laughs>